across the UK, online and on DAB. We are Talk. Talk Radio. Give it some lip. Talk Radio. So, I don't want loads of phone calls tonight. We're going to try something a little bit different. It's a three-hour show. All I want are three phone calls. I'll explain what's happening after the news. Late night, Ian Lee on Talk Radio. We have ways of making you talk. dear listener so i thought we'd try something a little bit different inspired partly you know we're going to new york so i've been listening to all these um very cool new york podcasts because we're going to be getting some of the people on as guests and uh, we've got some great ones lined up one of the ones i'm hoping we can get on is a guy called i think his name is chris gethard who presents beautiful anonymous and 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 it's a lovely thing where he tweets out his phone number, people phone up, and he um, talks to them. And it's all completely anonymous. And um, the only rule is the phone call lasts an hour. And neither side, well, he can't hang up before the hour is up. The other person can. It's a great podcast. It was genuinely, it's brilliant. I've only heard one, but I'm already addicted to it. So I kind of thought that there's a little bit of crossover with what he does and and what we do on this show. And I thought, well, let's go the whole hog. And most phone-in shows will sit there and beg and ask for loads of people to call in. And I've done that. You know, you ask for a load of people to call in and, um... God, I love this music. I love this music. Herb Alpert, who may be coming on the show at some point. Fingers crossed. Uh, So I thought what we would do is we would try something a little bit different for this show, Okay, Instead of loads of you calling in, um, how about we only take three calls in the entire show? So what that means is you call in. 03444991000. Now, call in now, and you'll speak to Catherine, the producer. And Catherine will produce, and she will pick who she thinks will make the most interesting company in this hour. Okay, 0344. 499-1000. If you've been a regular caller, if you've never called before, if you've only called once or twice, it's all good, okay? It's all good. We're all, we're open for business, okay? Um, and Catherine will sort through the calls, and I can see we've had a few people calling in now. Call in now, please, 0344-499-1000, and Catherine will go through the names, and she may ask you a few more questions than she does normally, and um, then you will come on for the first hour of the show. And the rule will be um, that I can't hang up and you can't hang up. I mean, you can if you want. I mean, it's not, not a law. If you choose to, to put the phone down, you put the phone down. Fine. But um, ideally, you stay on the phone until 11 o'clock tonight. And then we say goodnight. It'll be about four minutes to 11 because we have to play the ads and then go into the news. And then we'll say goodnight. And then we start the whole process again now i'm aware it's a bank holiday 
And um, normally on bank holiday shows, um, you don't get many callers anyway. And I'd forgotten it was a bank holiday when I decided that this is what we were going to do. So, it might work, it might not work, but we will just sit here and we will chat. So, the way this is going to work is you need to pick up the phone. And you need to dial, and you need to have a quick word with Kath. Don't worry that you... Because I know loads of people get in touch. 0344 499 1000. Loads of people tweet me and email me. Say, oh, I'd love to call him, but I've got nothing interesting to say. I dispute that. I bet you have got something interesting to say. Um, th- the mundanity of um, people's lives can be fascinating to other people. So don't worry that you haven't got... You know, a big scandal or a, don't worry that you feel you haven't got something in your life that you think other people will find interesting. You, you, you know, you might think that you are the most boring person on the planet. Don't worry about that. That's my job to try and um, uh, unpick the story. Or maybe you have got something that you want to say. Maybe you have got an agenda. Maybe you have got, you know, your, your, your brother's Tom Cruise. I don't know. And you want to share that. It's all groovy. Okay. Now I can see we've had about four phone calls in. I would like a few more people to call in, please. So Catherine has a, a, a pool of, um, people that she can pick from. Oh, three, four, 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 nine, nine, one thousand. There is, of course, um, the possibility that we might not get um, anybody that comes on. That, that's a possibility. And I've not looked at the papers because um, I've been sitting talking to my friend Simon who's popped along. And so in which case we've got ourselves a very strange and let's be honest, a slightly uncomfortable three hour broadcast. That's what we'll have. So do you fancy playing or not? First hour of the show, all we need is one caller. One caller. Um, that kind of piques Catherine's interest, that tickles her fancy. Now, if you don't, if you phone up now and you don't get picked for this hour, you might get picked for 11 or you might get picked for 12, but I will, uh, at the top of each hour, the beginning of each hour, I will be, now you're phoning in. Now you're phoning in. If the phone's ringing, just keep waiting, because Catherine is now, you've all decided to phone in now. Good. Well done. Let Catherine uh, get through to you. If, you. if you can hear it ringing now, she will get through to you. So just just hang on the line a bit. Um, but w- we will invite people to call in again at 11 and to call in again at 12. Um, I can see we've got loads of people phoning in now. This is great. Catherine will have someone in the next few minutes. I am confident of it. I am confident of it. Um, the phone number, 0344 499 1000 is the telephone number. While I'm, I'm, I'm filling in, I guess this is, uh, this is called, guys. Uh, before we start, um, I should tell you that uh, a young gentleman by the name of Matthew Stevenson has, um, built a superb website which has got nearly all of the radio shows i've made the podcasts i've made and even the phone calls i made to radio stations when i was young naive and i'm gonna say it probably high um they're all up on online i think it's ianleepodcasts.co.uk i can't quite remember 
I'm not totally, totally sure, but um, if, you, if you follow me on Twitter, at Ian Lee, um, I'll let you know. Right, what we're going to do is I am going to go to a break in a second, Catherine, and um, during that break, I can see that she's had quite a few phone calls in, so I'm going to assume that she's got someone. She's given me the wink. So let's have a quick break, and then when we come back from the break, we're going to find out who it is we're talking to tonight. The Wild Man of Late Night Radio is back. Ian Lee on Talk Radio. We have ways of making you talk. Don't call in. Evening, Reese. Hello. How you doing, man? You all right? I'm very well. How are you? Yeah, I'm all right, although I can feel my throat is getting a little bit tickly. I was I was relieved at the weekend because I thought recently I was going to lose my voice and I didn't. But I can just feel it getting a little bit tickly, but maybe it's the air conditioning. So um I've been I've been exactly the same. I've been off ill today. Oh really? Exactly the same thing, yep. Uh, now when you say off ill today, um because yeah. ev- I always forget that bank holidays are coming up. So I never I never take a bank holiday off, and I don't quite know why you'd want to take a bank holiday off. But you'd be working today, would you? Yes, I am. Yes, I would have been. I would have been. What do you do? I am an actor. Hey! Fantastic, man! Yes. Um, I'm currently in Alice's Adventures Underground at the Vaults T- in Waterloo. Oh, no! Uh, hang on a minute. The, the Vaults in Waterloo. Just leave it there. Which, That's fine. Thank you. Um, the Vaults in Waterloo. Now, I don't... Which is where a production of Hair is going on later on in the oh, year. Oh, that! That's why it rings a bell. That's yeah. why it rings a bell. I knew it. it okay, because, okay, well, ah, well, as, as uh, regular listeners will know, I am obsessed with the musical hair. I love it. Yeah. Um, so tell me about the vaults then, the venue itself. What's, well, how, how many does it seat? What's it like? It's, well, this is an immersive show. So you come to Wonderland and you come all through uh, Alice's adventures. Um, wow. And you meet all, all the characters. You meet the White Rabbit, the Caterpillar, Tweedledum and Tweedledee. Yeah. There's a uh, puppetry. There's... Uh, all sorts of magic, and yeah, it all culminates in a massive big finale. And uh, every single person gets a different track. You all get different parts of a journey to uh, oh. to fill. I um, how long is this on for, Reese? Um, it started. Well, we've, we've had our open previews this week. We have our press night on the twenty fifth, and it's on until the end of September. Um, and now, what part do you play? Because it, it's very rare for someone in the theatre to, as my mum pronounces it, the theatre. Um, it to, for someone to to take a day off sick. Yes, well, actually, I, that was probably I, I got a bit overexcited there. We weren't actually having shows today. I just had a day off. Oh, hang on. <laughs> <laughs> All sympathy goes out the window. So you didn't... Okay, you, you didn't rock up, but there was no show. Okay, okay. Yeah, what, what part are you playing in it? Um, so I play five different parts. Oh, um, no. I play the White Rabbit, which is in uh, this massive, beautiful, big mask yeah. and this lovely suit. And then I play uh, a few clubs, the Ace of Spades, the oh. Five of Clubs, and uh, then a bar character called the White Knight, which I basically created as a sort of Lord Flashheart from Blackadder style character. Oh, fantastic! He's got a, he's got a big cod piece, and a, we play lots of games in the bar with people after the show, and it all ends with a big unbirthday. Now, song. I, um, uh, in fact, my friend Simon, who's 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 sat in the studio listening to this, uh, we we studied performing arts at university, and so you know the 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 world of getting up on a on a table and in the middle of a cafeteria and singing and dancing is very very oh, yeah. familiar to me. But I love all of this stuff. And I love the immersive stuff, and I love theatre that isn't just you sit in your seats and you look at the stage. I like those things as well, 
well. And um, recently, recently, gosh, it must have been two years ago, me and Catherine and a friend of ours called Paul, we went to see The Drowned Man. Have you heard of that? Uh, yep, yep. Uh, which is, uh, 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 I have, it's set over three or four floors in a warehouse. Yep. And uh, honestly, I have never seen anything as exciting and as thrilling as that and we all sp- and, and, and uh, uh, someone had said to me if you're going with people split up when Absolutely. you get there split up and then you'll meet up, up you know halfway through and towards the end and you'll all have different stories you can put together and it was incredible we all the three of us saw three completely different shows that's the joy of immersive theatre. That is the joy of it. It's yours kind of... I mean, that was a very special thing. Yours sounds very special as well, I don't know what I mean. But, uh, but I imagine that the vaults is perhaps slightly smaller than where the drowned man took place. I mean, it's 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 the whole, you know, underground, the whole of Waterloo Station. So there's oh. hundreds of different rooms. And, oh, is it? Um, yeah, you get split into different decks. So if you go with the heart, you have a different show than the diamonds. If you go with the diamonds, you have a different show than the spades. Yeah. Um, it, was, it was nominated for an Olivier Award two years ago. Um, and they're bringing it back for the next, uh, next six months. Oh, Reese, I'm coming. Yeah. Well, oh, you, I'm coming. You best do. You De- best yeah, do. definitely. It's, it's, that, that sounds uh, right up my street. So, um, is, you're saying this has happened, th- 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 this is a, 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 a revival, is that what they call it when it comes yes. back? Were you in the original production or is this, you, is no. this your first time with this? This is my first time with this company, which is a company I've wanted to work with for a good few years. They do incredible, um, incredible shows. Who is it? What's the company? Um, they're called Les Enfants Terribles. Oh, I say, um, yes. Yeah, very, uh, very creative couple of guys. And, uh, yeah, I, I wanted to do it two years ago, but didn't get a chance. And, uh, this, this time, yeah, now I've, now I'm, now this I'm in is, it. Um, this is the, uh, the kind of stuff that, if I'm honest, about, 15 years ago i would have poo-pooed as as uh, utter nonsense but as i have mm. matured and um be- become less knee-jerking in my reactions i love this kind of stuff and i just i just think it's is there though reese right because there were moments in the drowned man there was one bit in the drowned man where um it, it, it I ended up in a tiny room with one of the actors and mm. six other members of the of the public six other so mm. seven of us and this actor tiny tiny room and um he shouted at us to keep the door shut so nobody else could come in mm. and um one girl got a, a, she got the giggles she just got mm. the giggles and she wasn't laughing at, it was preposterous but she wasn't laughing at that she just got nervous as we do she mm. laughed and she giggled and i felt so sorry for that bloke and i just wondered when you're doing it when you are immersed as the performer mm. um it, uh, it, are you uh, do you ever get put off do you ever you know you see the the, the person sticking their fingers up at you or do you know what i mean do you ever get oh, someone God. that's that, that, that's kind of putting you off and you struggle to maintain that reality that you've created absolutely so far touch wood right now i've not had anybody in alice but i've um I've also been, well, I currently as well sometimes work as a maze master at the Crystal Maze um, in London. So (laughs) there we get some real, real treats um, as contestants. Um, That's where you do, you just, you know, they're there to play the games, they're there to have fun. And we say, you know, um, with the the poorest part of the Crystal Maze is the maze masters because, you know, they're here to play games and the amazing sets. But we're incredible that you get people that just forget where they are and what they're doing. You know, I had a guy, one of my first shows last year, um, just stealing crystals out of rooms. <gasps> and I said to him, what are you doing? And he went, we're crap, I want to get more crystals. Oh, no. Automatic lock-in. 
We absolutely. I suppose you can't um, enforce that legally, though, can you? <laughs> no, no. But no, you do. You have people that just you sort of look at them and you go, "Why have you paid this much money to come to this if you're just not going to play properly?" Um, how much does it cost the Crystal Maze thing? Uh, the Crystal Maze is somewhere between fifty-five to sixty-five pounds, whether if you're going on a weekday or a weekend. For um, a group, for a group of people, or per person. Uh, per person. Flipping heck! I yeah, bet they're real crystals for that price. They are. But, well, they're sort of um, And so you're pl- so you're um, you're playing the um, um, Edward Tudor pole. Um, what was the what was Richard the ball- O'Brien. Richard, Richard O'Brien, O'Brien character? The, own, the the one and only. Yeah. Oh, the legend. Of course, he wrote um, Rocky Horror. Absolutely, one of my favourite musicals. I um, I was never that enamoured with Rocky Horror. I love uh, the Time Warp. I think the Time Warp is brilliant, and yeah. I love Meatloaf's performance in the film. And I s- I did see the play once. Now, was it with Nicholas Parsons or was it with Aid Edmondson? I can't remember. They probably did it both. They both played the narrator. Yeah, it was one of them. I can't remember. Um, no, actually, no, I did enjoy, I did enjoy the, I, the film I wasn't so keen on, but I did enjoy the, the, the play when I went and saw it. If you, you buy into it, it's, um, it's, uh, it's a lot of fun, isn't it? It is. It is. All the shouting out and the songs and the air. I love it. I love it. Absolutely love it. Have you met Richard O'Brien? I haven't. I haven't. He did a little bit of, uh, got involved a bit, little bit at the beginning, but he lives in New Zealand and, you know, oh. I think he's kind of sort of, you know, wants to move away from it all now and it's kind of our little beast. I've just directed the one in Manchester as well and, you know, he didn't, uh. Oh, you, what, the, what, the Crystal Maze game? Yeah, the Crystal uh, Maze oh, in Manchester. It, wow. it opened in Manchester, um, about a month ago. Um, and that's, you know, London's incredible. Manchester is a bigger beast now. Um, whereabouts is it in London and where is it in Manchester? So in London, it's just opposite Angel Station. Um, okay, yes. In Angel. Yes. And in Manchester, it's at the old Granada Studios. Where, um, where is it opposite? What, where they used to do Coronation Street? Yes, oh, exactly beautiful. there. Been there, when I've been were, there. When we, yeah, when we were casting it and rehearsing it, we <coughs> had to walk through Coronation Street to get to <laughs> the <Royal laughs> We, uh, me and Kath gave a talk up in Salford a couple, of, two or oh, three yeah. years ago. And um, we, we were finished by two, and I said... Um, Look, we can stick around and listen to the rest of this, or should, should we get a cab and go to Coronation Street? And we did. We went to Coronation Street, and it was like being Mike TV in Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Yeah. You, you know, you go around and you look at props and stuff, and that was a bit dull. Um, and then suddenly they open the doors, and you step out, and you're actually on the cobbles. It's incredible. It's amazing. It's amazing. We cut. Ca- we cast the people in the set of Dragons Den. <laughs> I, I, I only, I say recently, in the last two years, found out that Dragon's Den isn't actually filmed in a warehouse in the middle of, that it's a studio. Yeah, yeah. And it, do it, those, it, those stairs don't go anywhere, do they? Or do they? There's a lift, but it's, it's literally at the back end of nowhere. Like, they've obviously made it look right. smaller than it is. Yeah. Um, but yeah, but we, we sat on the chairs for the first, uh, first audition, oh, pretending we were of course you the did. dragons. Of course um, you did. <laughs> abused our power for a minute or two well it, um, well you know there are worse abuses going on in the 70s and the 80s on the casting couch right. so yeah. you, you pretending to be Duncan Please. Bannatyne or Thea Pafitas I think I think you I'm can get Deborah away Meaden. with I'm you more Deborah Meaden. <laughs> I'd be more who's the fella that is um, about seven foot nine what's his name um Peter Jones Peter Jones and yeah. he's not the Peter Jones that owns Peter Jones Peter the, Jones the, he's not that's not him is it I don't think so no 
The whole no, thing I, don't, I, don't know, I don't know who Peter Jones is. No, I don't know. He's just, just a, a tall man. man. How did you um, uh, get into acting? I said that I did performing arts at Middlesex University, and it was a, well, it was a wonderful place. DOS. It was great. It was a really good course, and it was a great DOS for three years. And basically what we did was, for three years, we watched Laurel and Hardy and the Three Stooges, got stoned and drunk, and uh, came out with a 2-1. But, 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 kind of surreptitiously learnt a load of stuff without realising we were learning a load of stuff. You know, I wouldn't be mm. here if it hadn't been for, you know, Hugh Thomas and other people that I worked with there. Mm. Uh, but what, did did you study it? Did you, where did you go? I went to a place called the Rep College, um, which was a year course in Reading, where you did 16 shows in one year, one every three weeks. Lippin' heck! <laughs> um... So yeah, literally like a like a rep company. Um, so we did Shakespeare, we did Greek tragedy, we did farce. Yeah. Um, and again, touch wood, I've not really been that much out of work. I've wow. doing a few, sold a few blenders in my time. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Worked in a few uh, tourist attractions like Thought Park and yeah. places like that. But yeah, I've done a lot of musicals and plays and all sorts. Um, We've all. Um uh, done those gigs coming out of drama school where, uh, oh, God, you know, yeah. leafleting and I auditioned for things like, um, Momi, the Museum of the Moving Image and I auditioned oh, wow, I went, God, I went there when I was about 12. Yeah, yeah, I was, I, I yeah. didn't, I didn't get it and I, I, I was gutted I didn't get it. I, you know, I thought, well, I'd, I'll definitely get this. And I, you know, and I didn't and I'm kind of glad I didn't because it would have been, um, hellish. But, but I've, I've done those things and, and loads of my peers did those things and loads of my yeah. peers are still doing those jobs. You know, it's, yeah. you, you do, if you're, the thing I found was, if you're determined to make it, whatever that means, you know, it means mm. different things to everybody, uh, and I was determined to make it, then I would do whatever it was that I needed to keep my head above water, that that, mm. that would allow me to go out and do auditions. Saying that, though, Reese, I'm very odd. I, when we, the, I remember the, one of the last things we learned at college was we had a tutorial on how to sign on and how to claim housing Jesus. benefit. Yeah, I know. And it, and it wasn't, you, I, you know, I lived in London for a few years signing on and getting housing benefit, you know, which I don't <laughs> think, I don't think you get anymore. So, um, no. um, very good point. So, so you did 13, how many plays did you do in a year? 13? Uh, 16. 16. 16. Yeah. Wow. Uh, one every three weeks, mainly around the Reading and Surrey area. Yeah. Um, and then it ended in a professional contract. I did a two hand play called Two at the Etcetera Theatre in Camden. And, uh, yeah, then went and worked in a holiday park for a year. What did, um, oh, this is fascinating. Boy, oh boy, what a great choice for the first call, Catherine. Well done for, 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 and well done. Thank you, Reese, for calling in. This is brilliant. I've got so many things I want to pick your brains on. Um, uh, learning lines. How did you find learning lines? Because I used to be really good at it. And mm. now I, I, if I were handed a play, I wouldn't have a clue how to learn the lines in it. How do, are you good at it? Luckily, I am. Um, this this Alice show I'm doing at the moment. This has been the hardest thing I've ever done, um, just because there were so many different parts and so many lines and different strands of stories. Mm. So that was a real challenge. But normally, yeah, I can. I just it's just time. It's just time. You just you know commit to a character if you're playing a character. I did a play a few years ago that I really wanted to take to Edinburgh this year, um, which is a one-man play that was on at the Menier Chocolate Factory that Kevin Bishop did. Oh, yeah. Um, and Kevin. then, yeah, great guy. And then Jesse Tyler Ferguson, the ginger guy from Modern Family, he did it on Broadway that I saw this time last year. Yeah. And it's a play where you play one character, an uh, actor called Sam, who works in a reservation department of a busy New York restaurant. Yep. But not only do you play him, you play 40 other characters uh -oh. of all the people that call the restaurant, all the people that work in the restaurant. Yeah. Um, 
and yeah, I've, I think I found out today that I've not got the right to do it in Edinburgh this year. Um, but the reason I've called again, which I told Catherine initially, yeah. was that I might have a space for you in New York oh, oh, um, when oh. you take the show. Oh, um, I've asked I've asked my friend today, um, who <clears> all <throat> actors and producers and filmmakers and stuff. Yeah. Um, and I've messaged them today to ask if uh, if they'd be interested oh. in, in having you. So I called you today to just let you know that you've got someone that's got your back. Brilliant. And uh, I'm, I can hopefully it'll be in their flat because I know you said oh, you want people in their Reece, flat. Oh, that stuff. would be brilliant because can I the, the the New York? Thank you so much. The New York trip is all falling in uh, something's well something something has gone wrong because i've booked kath tickets in the wrong name i've booked it under a, a kind of stage name as opposed to a real name so she may not be going apart from that <laughs> everything else everything else is um why do they make it so difficult to change someone's name on a ticket when it's two months away why do they I know. It's, it's just, you know it's it's not anyway everything else is falling into place and we've got mm. a couple of really good podcasts um uh, uh, mave higgins um is is going to talk to us uh keith and the girl are going to talk to us um we're talking to richard bacon and, and john ronson and imani coppola and steve gutenberg and the yeah yeah exactly and the guy that um uh is kramer is based on in seinfeld all these people oh, so wow. it's all falling into place and we've we've got two studios that we're going to use for two of the shows so it, yes if if we were able to find and I've, I've just sent out a couple of emails today to people that have been in touch saying i might be able to help but my friend lives out there but yeah if we can find someone's apartment to do the show from you know and they'd be more than yeah. welcome to invite people and bring people round, and you know we'll chat to them on air and make them part of the show you know that would be um that would be well, yeah, fantastic that's, that's, that's the reason today i was like because I've, I've, I've listened to your podcast from the days you were at the uh the other place with the three letters of the uh, oh yes the yes yeah, oh yes yes um yeah well the I, lbc stuff yeah, yeah oh yeah. man alive gosh yeah um and it was only recently i've started listening to podcasts again yeah and uh i'd i'd you'd, you'd gone off my radar ian you yeah. gone off my radar well no and, yeah, uh, it happens I saw uh, I saw your name pop up on these late nights with Ian Lee, and I was like, "Oh, I wonder if they're still as funny as they were on LBC." Uh -oh. And I I I creased myself. I was stuck on a tr on a bus yesterday on a rail replacement bus, and some of your callers are just delightful. <laughs> what a polite I'm, way of putting it. <laughs> I'm I'm, 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 I'm crying with laughter on public transport, and the way you deal with them is just and the way they deal with each other. Yeah, is just wonderful to listen to. Just real humans thank you Reece. talking to other real humans it's, it's a joy to listen to now reese i have to do a boring technical thing and we're going to play uh, some adverts and stuff okay. um now the rules are for this i can't hang up on you you can put the phone down anytime you want but i'm hoping you'll stick around for another 25 minutes or so um oh, i'm fine I've, I've been sleeping all day I've, I'm, I'm wide awake reese i will speak to you after this Late Night Ian Lee. Unfiltered Night Talk with the original king of unconventional conversation on Talk Radio. We have ways of making you talk. Um, I nearly gave out the phone number there. That's because I'm programmed to give out the phone number. When we come from a, back from a break, don't call. I don't want any more calls until 11 o'clock. We're doing something a little bit different tonight. Three-hour show. We only want three callers. And the, the, very simple. We take one caller at the, the, the top of each hour, and that person sticks with me for the hour, and we just have a chat. Um, loads of you phoned up at 10. Thank you. Um, I'm going to ask at 11... 
I'm going to ask people to phone in again, okay? So even if you phoned up before, phone in again, um, and Catherine will, will pick who she thinks will be the best company for the hour. Don't be offended. Don't be upset if you don't get picked. Don't take it personally. Don't think that this is a slight at all. It's just, um, we're just kind of, you know, trying something a little bit different. And, and so far it's worked very well. We're speaking to Reese, who is an actor. Reese, give, give us the, 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 it's Alice in Wonderland. No, it's not. What's it called? Alice's Adventures Underground. And, and it, uh, it, it's on now, soon? Yes, yes. We've got our pay previews this week, and okay. then we have our press night on Saturday. We'll give, we'll give out all the... Oh, tell you what we'll do. Before we go, remind me, because I forget, cause my memory's terrible. We'll give out all the links and the, the tweets and all of that nonsense. We'll give all that out, because I'm sure it will appeal people's interest. Now, something that, that, that got me, was you, you said you went... On, when you left your year's training, you yes. went to a holiday camp. Yes, I did. We, what, what did were, you, were you like a blue coat type thing? Yes, yes, but it wasn't as high profile as your Butlins or your Pontins or your Havens. It was just this lovely family-led place in mid-Wales called Claddock Bay Holiday Village, Aberystwyth. Oh, doesn't that sound nice? Um, it, was, it, was, it was interesting. I was 20 <laughs> years old. 20 years old, first job out of drama school. I just thought, get it out of the way. I called it my Shane Ritchie, uh, Shane Ritchie experience. Yeah. Um, I loved it. Absolutely loved it. It gave me a load of skills that I've got now, you know, comparing and, you know, yeah. loads of stuff, loads of skills. But, yeah, just something I'm glad I did I, um, rather than now. I had the forms. I had the forms to go and audition for, I think it was Pontins, probably. And I, 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 I um, well, at the time, I think I, I, I felt I was too good for it. Mm. Um, but looking back, I bottled it. I think it was a bottle job. That, that it, it, it was, you know, I can say, oh, I don't want to do that. I'm too cool for that, man. But looking back, I just think, 22, 23-year-old me, um, as I was when I left college, I just think, oh, I couldn't have done that. I do remember, I do remember, actually, I used to phone up adverts in the back of the stage. Oh, and yeah. um, in my second year, because I remember sitting in the flat and phoning this guy, there was an advert for a comedian... Mm-hmm. Um, and I hadn't done comedy then, for a comedian at a holiday camp, and I phoned up this guy, and it, it was all very suspicious, as a lot of the adverts in the stage in the 90s were, they, they were a lot of, you know, predatory men, I think, generally, it was the thing. Yeah. Um, and um, this guy said, yeah, well, we're looking for someone to do, you know, a bit of Mike Reed-type material. Mike Reed, of course, was the guy from EastEnders, and he was also, you know, yeah. it was a sort of a blue comic. Yeah. And I went, yeah, 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 I can do all that. And I went out and I bought a couple of Mike Reed videos. Yeah, terrific. All that. Terrific. <laughs> and I run watched around. them. Run around. And I watched them. And I was supposed to call the guy back and I just thought, nah, I can't. I can't. I'm 20 years old. I can't do jokes about my mother-in-law and knickers on the washing line. I remember they, maybe he specifically said, that, yeah, you know, jokes about knickers on the washing line and stuff like that. Uh, stuff like, uh, so I, I couldn't have done that. But you went and did it, did you? Yeah, and it was all, you know, it was mainly production shows and things like that. And then all the day duties and, you know, kids' clubs and things like that. Um, living in a caravan. Um, How did you find it? It was fine. It was fine. It was, again, I'm glad I did it when I was that age. I think if you, you know, if you get caught doing it now, it's probably not as fun as and exciting. Yeah. Um, I, I went back to it a few years ago just to, you know, pay some bills and whatnot. Um, but that was just for a couple of months. But, I, you know, I love it. It's just, you know, you sort of end up knowing your worth in the end. Um, yeah, and like you say, even just standing on a stage with a microphone for an hour a night, two hours a night, whatever it is, 
that teaches you so much. Even if, you know, it, it, I'm saying even if, and that's slightly patronising, but I don't mean to be, even if it's, you know, you've got 50 kids in front of you, 50 kids, exactly. you know, they still want to be that's entertained. Um, yeah. um, you learn so much doing that. That you yeah, can't learn on a course, and you can't learn from reading a book. You can, what do they call it? Stage time. You can only get it from standing on that stage and doing it. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm glad I did it. I'm glad I did it. It's just something that uh, I think you have to be very patient with because mm. it's long contracts. Maybe there for eight, nine months. Sometimes you're living in a caravan. Mm. You might not get along with the person you're sharing with. Um, mm. But oh, I'm, hang I'm on! You're sharing a ca- you're sharing a caravan. Oh yeah. Oh, oh no. Yeah. Oh yeah. And I had the I had the luck of sharing with quite a quite a nasty piece of work. Um, <laughs> oh, who dear. ended up who ended up getting fired by the end of the contract for uh, for having drugs on him oh, uh, during, yeah. during some of the kids' clubs. Oh no. Um, yeah, he wasn't. He wasn't. He yeah. And Aberystwyth, I bet. When the sun's out, I bet there's oh, there's exactly. no finer place on God's earth. But 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 oh, when yeah. it's chucking it down, I bet it's pretty miserable. And again, when you're in a caravan, you yeah, know, you can't get any sleep. You have got seagulls tapping on your roof. Yeah. Uh, so what did you? What, so you? Um, what would you do? I tell you why this is on my mind because I took my boys today, and I'm trying to get this guy and his um like I guess it's his his partner to to come on the show. I took my boys to see the Bubble Man today. Right. Oh yeah. It's an hour and a half long of a guy blowing bubbles. Now, it was incredible i mean it mm. was incredible and and not only was he incredible his the, the woman that was on stage with him doing the music was also amazing she played an accordion and a flute and she had one of those boxes i don't know I, they call it like an echo box or something where you kind of tap it and it records you making a sound and then you tap it and it plays it back and you sing over oh, the top yeah, yeah, then you yeah. tap and, it, and she just kept layering so while he was doing the bubbles, I was watching him, but then I was watching this woman, and, and the kids weren't really noticing her, but she was layering all this stuff on, and singing these harmonies, and she was incredible, and I've asked them to come in into the, 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 the studio, uh, and hopefully they will in June, um, oh, wow. but he entered, you know, he entertained 200 kids and 100 adults mm. with bubbles, and it was amazing what did you do reese and i've stood in front of kids with a microphone and it's hard work what did you do with the kids how did you keep them entertained oh god you just play stupid games yeah like you play the, the, the you know the beam game you ever played the beam game what's the beam game so you have uh you get all the kids up and you go right um every time i say a beam you've got to act up like that beam so you shout run a beam and then oh. you get to run on the spot yes you go mexican beam you get to go aye, aye, aye. Yes. um you get to go, what were the other beans? There was all sorts of beans, and then if I was... Hang on, hang on, what, what was the Mexican bean? <laughs> well, it was... Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. oh a um, little bit of casual racism. I like it. Yeah, tiny bit. Tiny I like bit, it, I was, yes. I was on the air. Yeah. Not just chatting to a friend. No, no. Um, um, and if I was feeling a bit fruity, I'd, uh, you know, the, the, the parents were in the back, I'd, I'd say flick the bean. Oh, um, oh my grease! And, oh, and you're saying it was your cabin mate that got the sack for outrageous behaviour. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, again, you, you, you're there for eight months, your mind goes a bit crazy. Of course it you, does. You, you know, um, what other games? You do musical chairs, you do musical statues, you know, you'd have all the music there as the DJ and stuff. You know, football, drawing, go on to the, the beach. The best know. games when they get too excited, of course, is let's see who can stay quietest the longest. Yep, Sleeping Lions. Yeah, oh, Sleeping Lions is great. Beautiful. Um... And what did you yeah. do for the pet? Was it like a kind of cabaret 
event yeah, for the parents. You, do, you know, you do like songs from the shows, then you do like a country and western show. Oh. Um, we did a swing night, and then you'd play all the sort of adult game show style stuff, you know, like Mr. and Mrs. Oh. and, you know, first person to run into the audience and get me a bra, win oh the pie gosh. and stuff. Yeah, <laughs> it sounds it sounds like my the, the one of my least favourite kinds of holidays. If I'm completely honest with you, but um, uh, yeah, that sounds um, that sounds like uh, something. And boy, oh boy, you're right. You, you know, it's, it's doing that, you, you you pick up so much stuff. You know, well, bras yeah, it would appear, but um, <laughs> in terms of you know skills, the skills that you've got that you now don't have to think about if ever you're called upon to do them. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I do a lot of immersive stuff. I've done a lot of secret cinema things and, you know, I did uh, Who Framed Roger Rabbit. I did Back to the Future. Yeah. Um, oh, no, I heard about the Back to the Future thing. Was that was that the one where they kind of made up the town? Yeah, we built the whole of Hill Valley. I, and, uh, one of my, uh, one of the people that we used to work with, Kath, went and saw that and said it was in, uh, beset with difficulties at the start. There were a few technical problems, if I remember correctly, and they had to put lot, it back. Yeah, uh, but, but, but for those who, who missed it and don't know what the Secret Cinema is, describe that one. So, Secret Cinema, they, you go and a lot of the time you don't know what you're turning up for. Yeah. You just, um, you get given information, told how to dress, you're given a character, a location, and you turn up. This one, Back to the Future, was, you know, the people knew they were coming, so they dress up mm. and they turn up and you walk through the Peabody farm and there's a big car-shaped dent in the shed and beautiful. Um, you walk up the road and there's a whole of Hill Valley and then you enter it and there's the whole Department of Social Services, which is the big screen, and three hours before the film you're walking around Hill Valley, you're meeting all the inhabitants, you're meeting Marty, you're meeting Doc, and then the film starts and all the big set pieces of the film happen live in front of you. Oh, wow. So we had the guy playing Doc coming down on a big wire. Oh, to get the thing. We had the DeLorean racing around Hill Valley, being followed by the uh, Volkswagen. Um, him on the skateboard, jumping over Biff's car. Um, yeah, it was incredible. Absolutely incredible. Um, I did Doctor Strange Love this time last year, playing the president. <laughs> uh, we had the whole war it's a room. slightly different vibe to it, than, uh, but very yeah. apt in these trying times. <laughs> so, exactly. Uh, and at the moment, they're doing uh, they're doing Moulin Rouge at the moment, um, Secret Cinema. So wow. everybody turns up, um, and they do the whole film live. It looks incredible. They had Lin-Manuel Miranda come. They had Baz Luhrmann himself turned up and got wow. involved. Um, incredible. Yeah, they've got an incredible following. Incredible. Reese, listen, um, stay there. I've got to do another quick break. Um, I'm really enjoying chatting to you. Thank you for this, and I appreciate your patience. And it's, it's, no it's, you, imagine this is, you know, imagine we're having a chat in a bar, but I'm, I'm very old. I've got a weak bladder, and I have to keep nipping off for a wee, Reese. Okay, so that's no all. Worries. But I'll be back in a second. Get another drink in, and I'll be back after this. Late night, Ian Lee on Talk Radio. We have ways of making you talk. Right, we've probably got about ten minutes um, uh, 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 left of this, and um, we're doing something a bit different. It's a bank holiday Monday, something slightly different, a little bit slower pace than usual. Don't call in until I ask you to call in. Um, we're having three hours and one caller per hour, and um, Catherine is deciding who comes on, and she's picked an absolute doozy in the first hour uh, with Reese. Now, um... Oh, my mind's just gone completely blank, Reese. I was going to... I had a really pertinent... Oh, no, I know what it was. Um, your family. What did your family think when you said, um, I don't know, mum, dad, whoever, you know, your, your responsible adults were, I want to be an actor? Um, my dad still says to this day he's living vicariously through me. Um, wow. You couldn't, you couldn't ask for a more supportive pair of parents. Really? They've come and seen me, me in everything I've done. Um, I've had... 
my grandparents come all the way from Wales to come and see me do shows. Beautiful. Um, they they love it. They they met themselves doing Amdram years ago. Um, my dad now sells wine around the world, and my mum's a nurse. Um, Say that again. Your met... dad did what around the world? He sells wine. Sells wine around. Does the world. he really? Yeah. Wow. Um, but they but they were they did uh, the old amateur dramatics. Yeah, they met doing Amdram. What do you um, know? What play it was they were doing. They were doing some sort of panto uh, <laughs> when they first met at the uh, the, the London Welsh uh, uh, Hall somewhere in uh, Ryslip. The London Welsh Hall? London, <laughs> London no, what is the Royal... Oh, I can't remember now. Okay. Um, but, yeah, and my dad was in a band, is in a band called The Monty. Um, oh, they The were Monty? Called, yeah, they were originally called The Full Monty, then the film came out, oh. and there were people calling up, <laughs> saying, you take your clothes off. Um, so they just, they changed it to The Monty. Well, did the, okay, was there any moment when your dad considered taking his clothes off? Oh, he's he's done it probably more than me on oh, a night out. Um I am I am renowned for taking my clothes off. No, uh, really? I did it. Yeah, I did it at my friend's wedding last year. Sang oh. a beautiful song at their wedding. Two hours later, clothes off. Well, well, that's these 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 things happen, Reese. These things happen. Um, so <laughs> your mum and dad, um, they were all for it, and they've never done the. Um, I think it's a bit of a cliche. The parents, well, well you, you'll never make a living out of that because uh, my mum was. Um, incredibly supportive when i said i wanted to be an actor you know and and for the the few i talked about when i left college i was signing on and getting housing benefit i was but she was also you know dipping into her bank account and and keeping me going and not once did she say um i, I think you need to reconsider this and 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 you know because i didn't get a, 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 a paid job well a decent job until i left when i was 22 23 an 11 o'clock show four of well no maybe four years three or four years so it was three or four years of being skint and borrowing money off her and she never once said i think you should um rethink this and have a look at something else i think it's when they know that you're passionate about something they're like okay you know we'll we'll, we'll help you my parents have been fantastic you know i turned 30 in january you know and there have been times in the last few years where they've just had you know i've been in a real pickle mm. um and I, I gave it up for a year to sell blenders, oh. um, you know, to get some stability back. And then I suddenly realised, hold on, this isn't what I want to do. Yeah. Um, and I went back to doing musicals and stuff. And a lot of the stuff I've done has been, you know, off West End and fringe stuff. Um, but I'm, I'm, I couldn't be happier right now in what I'm doing. You know, I'm just, I'm, just, you know, creating things from the beginning rather than going on to a West End stage and being told where to stand mm -hmm. and being told to do what other people have been doing over the last, you know, thirty years. Mm. Um, you know, I, I still crave to be in big, you know, West End shows, but I like creating stuff from scratch now, which is much more gratifying for me personally. What's the, um, what's, what's the dream, Reese? Um, just, like I just said then, just to keep being happy. Like, it used to be like, oh, I want to be in Les Mis, or, you know, I want to be in Wicked, and, you know, those shows are incredible, mm -hmm. but now I've got to a point in my life where I'm like, I don't have a dream, I just want to be happy every day. And at the moment, that's what that's what life is giving me. I'm in a very lucky position at the moment with friends, family, and this job and opportunities I'm being given. Um, I'm just happy to be challenged. I know that I've got work all year, um, all different types of work. I've got Panto again in the West End this year. Um, I'm very happy. How do you find Panto? Because um, I, I love taking the boys to it, and, 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 and we enjoy it. But, but by the end... <laughs> 
<laughs> we went and saw two this last Christmas. Jeez. By the end of the show, mm-hmm. I've kind of had enough of the shouting out. I've, I've had enough of it. You know, they, they last about two and a half hours long. And yeah. but by, by the, the last 10, 15 minutes, I'm looking at my watch thinking, oh, for Christ's sake, please, can we just hurry up? Um, I, I, and then I think, God, sometimes, you know, the, the people that are in it have to do it two times a day, you know, yeah. six, seven times a week for months. <laughs> um, it must drive you absolutely insane. Um, again, I... I love it. Like, I played um, Flesh Creep, which is the baddie in Jack and the Beanstalk, uh, a couple of years ago. Hang on a minute, hang on a minute. Surely the baddie in Black Jack and the Beanstalk is the giant, or the ogre at the well, top of the Beanstalk. The, yeah, so he's the main baddie, that, unless you're in a massive big budget production. Oh. There's a big, like, puppet, but yes. Flesh Creep is kind of like his henchman. Okay. Um, okay. That, that kidnaps kidnaps Jill and takes her up the Beanstalk. Oh, pardon. Um, uh, well, and, oh, look, look at you. So you... Uh, 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 because the Jack, I saw Jack and the Beanstalk this year, and it mm. it wasn't it wasn't the the, they, the the story was different. It was, what do you mean? Well, because in in the, in the actual Jack and the Beanstalk, a Jack isn't going out with Jill, and B Jill doesn't get his girlfriend doesn't get taken up the Beanstalk. Ooh, her misses. <laughs> he goes up and he steals he steals two things before he steals the chicken, the golden goose. Yeah, but that doesn't happen in the pantomime. No, so in the pantomime, you know, he's in love with Jill, who's probably some sort of princess. Um, he's trying to impress the princess, so he goes up and tries to... No, yeah, he, she gets kidnapped. Oh. So he has to go up and save her, and whilst they're up there, they're like, oh, we can solve all the problems. Yeah. But I had to, funnily enough, my song in that year was uh, The Time Warp from Rocky oh. Horror. Oh, there you go, you see. Um, but the last two years, which is probably what you wouldn't have taken your children to, I've been in uh, London's number one adult pantomime at the Leicester Square Theatre, um, playing Dick in Dick, which is... Uh, how did you get that pantomime. part? Don't answer that question. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Which has been fantastic, um... Which is so different. How, well, how, different. how, how uh, but bearing in mind, you know, th- th- we're on the radio. How adult yeah. is it? Uh, it's pretty adult. It's, it's pretty, there were lots of, uh, you know, sex toys involved. Like, you know, it's, 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 it's not gratuitous, you know, everyone keeps their clothes on, but it's just the, oh. the script and, you know, it's the story of Dick Whittington, but I'm called Dick. I've got a massive big cod piece. We've got oh. Alice. Fitz Again, it's the second time you've done that, and I've, exactly. <laughs> I've winced both times. Where's he going? Oh, cod piece. Okay. <laughs> Um, Alice fits nicely, uh, was my love interest. There we go. Um, who else was there? Uh, Queen Runt. Yes. Uh, Fairy Bellend. <laughs> and on that note, um, I, the, the, the reason why I like doing this show and why I liked doing TV was, um, mm. y- you did it. What, I do tonight's show, if it works, it works, if it doesn't work, it doesn't work, and that's it, tomorrow will be completely different. I, mm. I, 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 the, the thing that, that really worried me, that if, if I were to ever get a job in the West End, which is what I was auditioning for, you know, or plays when I left college, mm. was the repetition, was doing the same thing over and over for three months, six months, a mm. year. But you, 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 are all right with that. You've got your head around that. Yeah, love it. Again, like, there's, to be honest, there's nothing really else I'm any good at. So, mm. you know, I've, I've found something that I'm good at. I best stick it to it. Otherwise, uh, it'll all fall apart. Well. Um, and I, I love auditions. You know, no, really. Yeah, to me, they're just free singing lessons or free wow. acting lessons. Um, yeah, I love it. That's an unusual. That's an unusual attitude and a bombshell to throw in the last two minutes that we've got together. <laughs> I hate auditions, and I I've, I've still go for them occasionally. Um, mm. You know, for like ads and stuff. And oh, 
Oh, it's awful! Particularly if it's, you know, you're doing it down a video camera. For, for ads and TV, I imagine it's slightly different, for th- but it's a video camera, and it's just one person saying, right, if you can just... Oh, I, I find them terrifying. Yeah, t- TV ones and ad ones are horrible, because you're normally getting made to do stupid things yes. over and over again. Yes. But the, 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 the ones and musicals are a little bit... Um, it's, it's loads of you singing in a room with numbers stuck on your chest, is it? Yeah, and you just get to sing. Like, I love singing. I absolutely love singing. So any chance I've got to sing, I'll just sing. Yeah. And if it's in front of people who you're, you know, trying to impress, all the better. And if you, if you, I've had some terrible auditions in my time. Um, terrible. You just sing completely out of key, forget the words. Yeah. But you just leave the room and go, well, I've messed up. Wow. God, do you know what I'm really glad about, Ian? I've not had you send me that I've had a yellow card. No, 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 yellow card, no, not yet, no, no, not yet, there's still, there's still a minute. Um, listen, we've got, we've only got a minute left, um, get the, get the plug in for the, um, the, the, the show that's on at the moment, give us the name and tell us where we can go and get tickets and stuff. Okay, um, you just need to Google Alice's Adventures Underground, it's at the vaults at London Waterloo, we're still in our paid previews from tomorrow, um, and we're on until the end of September 2017, um, come and join us in Wonderland. Um, I, I will hopefully see you there at some point, Reese. Uh, and listen, keep yeah. in touch and let us know if uh, your friends in New York are interested in doing something yes, with us. That would I be will. awesome. Um, and thank you so much for the last uh, hour or so. I've really enjoyed it. Well, you know, listen to all your podcasts and couldn't have dreamed for a better first-time call. Nice one, man. Thank you, Reese. Take care, mate. Take care, buddy. Bye-bye. What a nice gentleman. Um, I enjoyed that a lot. Um, we're going to have a little break. Don't call in for a bit. Don't call in for a bit. After the, the news at 11, I'll ask you to call in and I'll just set out the stall once again and, and, and remind you of the rules and hopefully we'll get someone completely different. Late Nights with Ian Lee on Talk Radio. Talk Radio. OK, um, start calling now. Uh, another hour. We want another caller, please. 0344 499 You'll have a quick chat with Kath and she'll take your details and she may or may not give you a call back. Late Nights with Ian Lee on Talk Radio. Late Night, Ian Lee on Talk Radio. We have ways of making you talk. That was a nice first hour. On to the second hour, dear listener. 0344-499-1000. I can see we've got a couple of people phoning in now. Um, if you're ringing, uh, it will get answered at some point. Um, the phones are, have been quite busy, but um, do keep ringing. We want someone completely different to call in now, please. The only rule is uh, you stick around for an hour... I can't cut you off. Yeah, I guess you can put the phone down if you want. I mean, that I, I'd rather you didn't. I'd rather you um, uh, committed to your side of the deal and um, agreed to stick around for the full hour. But if you, know, if you choose to, to bail out, then that is um, is what will happen. Catherine, is that you calling someone back? We have someone. Then stop, stop calling, guys. Stop calling. I can see three people there that didn't get answered my humblest apologies these things happen um the way we're doing this tonight it's kind of inspired by um the podcast beautiful anonymous which i thoroughly recommend you you uh, download and um listen to because we're going to try and get the guy that does it chris 
on the show where we're in New York, so fingers crossed, even if we don't, I'd still recommend it. So I've kind of... I've pinched a tiny bit from his show. I think our shows cross over, actually, in quite a lot, in that they are about stories and people's stories, real people's stories. But, 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 but... Um, the thing I have, Nick, for this is that uh, for this show tonight is that we will have one caller per hour. Uh, and we have Reese in the first hour, and it was absolutely brilliant and thoroughly enjoyable. Um, everyone who's on the phone now, apart from the person I'm going to go to, put the phones down, because um, we're sorted for this hour. Um, and we will find out about the person, and we'll chat to them, and we'll see what happens. And it could be good, it could be awkward, I, I don't know. I don't know. Catherine is in charge of uh, who we get. Let's wait for this bit of music to finish, just to be polite, shall we? Lovely. Evening, Bruce. Hip, hip, hip. Hip, 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 Bruce. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm not too bad, Ian, yourself? Um, I'm all right. I've eaten... Um, my, my diet went to cock on Thursday night, and I have eaten just, you know, eaten way too much food over the last couple of days, so feeling bloated. Yes, yeah, I understand uh, exactly what you're saying. I think it's because of Easter. Yeah, yeah. I had a nice, um, roast on Sunday, really nice roast. My mother-in-law is an amazing cook, and, um, you know, I was kind of thinking, well, I won't eat much, I won't eat much. And then I ate loads, and I thought, well, okay, I, I won't have any dessert. And then she brought out a homemade cheesecake. There was no way I was going to turn down a homemade... I did turn down the double cream, and I only had one slice of it, but I couldn't turn down homemade cheesecake, Bruce. What kind of uh, cheesecake? Um, good question. Um, it was... <laughs> I don't know, but it had... Um, it had, like, a glazed top, like you get with... What's that dessert with the glazed top? Is it creme caramel? No, creme brulee. Um, creme brulee. Yeah. It was... Um, it had... So it was cheesecake, but with, with a cre- creme brulee kind of topping on it. It was incredible. I mean, I, I'm a big fan of cheesecake, um, but it's one of those things that for a long time I avoided. Um, I, I seem to have like, done this a lot through my life, actually, because cheesecake, because I didn't like cheese, yeah. I thought it would taste like cheese. Yeah. And therefore, just I, for no reason other than the name. Yeah. Um, but I, even when I was young, I remember not wanting to drink ginger beer thinking it contained beer. <laughs> and hang hang on a minute. <laughs> I'm going to ask a question that might sound dumb. Is ginger beer not alcoholic? No, right, no, it's not alcoholic. I, well, I, well, I'm 43. I'm nearly 44, and I did not know that until just now. Wow. Why do they call it beer then? And what, is ginger beer the same as root beer? Um. Well, I mean, not not in taste. No. Oh. Uh, I mean, I, I so, so the you, the answer could just be no. Then <laughs> it could just be no. <laughs> what is root beer then? Because they used to sell root beer at McDonald's in the seventies. Yeah, correct. But what is uh, it? Not that I remember that actually. Um, it's uh, well, it's a it's a quite an American, obviously an American yeah. drink, but. Um, I can't remember what it is. Is it like sarsaparilla or something? Now I don't even know what sarsaparilla is. Is it sarsaparilla? That's Vimto, isn't it? No. Okay. Well, it definitely doesn't taste like Vimto. I, I mean, root beer for anyone that's listening that's never tried it is a little bit or smells a lot like to me something um, medicinally like germline or something. Like okay. That. Okay. Um, and it's funny you mention the cheesecake because I've got a very vivid memory. 
Well, no, I've got a very vague memory of being in London as a kid. And London, because we used to live in Slough, so coming in London, it was a very exciting and very noisy place. I remember London, very noisy. And um, going to see my nan at work, and I think she worked as a traffic warden, I don't know, but going to see her in an office, and she mentioned that there was cheesecake, and would I like some cheesecake? And I just remember being in this office and and feeling sick at the thought of a cake, like you said, a cake Mm. made out of cheese. Yeah, because it just sounds so bizarre. Mm. That's the thing, isn't it? But it's so delicious. It can can be, but I mean, again, I think it depends. I've never had a bad cheesecake. Really? Never. And and, and when we go to New York, there is a place, there is a shop in New York called the the Cheesecake Factory. It's like a chain of restaurants. Indeed, And the first time I went to America and discovered that, and they have something like 200 different varieties of cheesecake. Flipping it. And the American cheesecake is different to the British cheesecake. It doesn't have a biscuit base and it's big. Blah, 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 blah. But flipping it, you just sit looking at the menu going, I've, I have never had a bad cheesecake, Bruce. I don't think it's possible. But um, I mean, the thing is, uh, Americans and desserts, I mean, there's something about that culture because um, there's a chain of restaurants called Perkins. Right. And they like the Cheesecake Factory, but their speciality is pies. <laughs> Perkins pies, really? So, yeah, so it's, you know, you like you coconut pie, key lime pie, banoffee <laughs> pie, you know, all these kind of things. And like you sit there and you think, where do you even start? Wow. Well, of course, the International House of Pancakes yeah, yeah, or yeah. IHOP. Yeah. You know, again, same same thing. How many combinations of pancakes can you have? Well, it turns that whole restaurant. Well, I remember the first time I went to America, it was with New York. It was to New York with my girlfriend at the time, Tessa, and I surprised her. And I said we were going to go somewhere in Europe, and then we rocked up, and I'd I'd just got a job on TV, so I had a bit of cash, and I'd surprise her by going to New York. I remember going to a diner and having breakfast there, and they brought me something. I said, oh, no, 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 I think you brought me the wrong thing, because it was this plate piled with food just just you know it was absolutely piled with food and they said well that's what you ordered honey and it was i've never (laughs) seen so much food on a breakfast plate it was incredible and we went and had um pizza um later on and we ordered two pizzas and the guy said you sure you want two pizzas we went yeah 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 he said, why don't I just bring you one i said come on man we're really hungry two pizzas and bless him he came back and he said I've only brought you one pizza. If you want the second one, just ask. And the pizza was the size of a wagon wheel. And I don't mean the chocolate biscuit. I mean an actual wagon wheel. It was incredible. Yeah. It, it's it's so weird. And I mean, it's, it's even the small things. I know not to really harp on, but if you go into a fast food place and I'm thinking about where you might go to be served by a clown. Yes. In America, if you go and ask for a regular meal... Because they always ask if you want to go large. But if you go for a regular meal, that is the UK version of a large meal. Yeah, yeah. So everything, so even even those kind of differences, when you go to America, you start to kind of discover these things. Um, now, you asked how I was doing, Bruce. Um, and I'm, I'm all right. I, 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 let me give you a little recap. I, um, I sank terribly the end of last week. I got terribly, kind of Thursday night... And Friday night, oh, I was in a terrible state. I got very, very depressed. And um, Friday night, I was thinking, oh, I'm going to jack this job in. I can't do this. And blah, 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 blah. You know, the voices in the head were giving it large. Um, and I've kind of had an all right couple of days in the, um, 
took the kids to see the bubble show today and i took the kids to the cinema on saturday we had a movie day on saturday we watched a film then we went to the pictures then we watched an, another film because they were shattered after the easter break what did we do sunday we went somewhere oh, oh we, we went it was easter and we went out and, and, and easter egg hunt and all of that stuff so I, i've kind of picked up a bit thursday and friday i was i was lousy and i wanted to you know jump off a bridge and quit my job and all of that stuff today yeah you know i'm all right how are you doing well it's funny because i mean i don't know if you noticed or cared i've not called in for a while and no i've noticed I've, yeah yeah <laughs> and i've kind of been a bit up and down myself and this is a completely new thing to me i've never you know i'm 34 this year and i've never really suffered from these kind of things until the last year or so and some of it's kind of work related but then it kind of spills out into other things so actually the reason for tuning in tonight um was because i know that you sometimes suffer with those things i thought i wanted to check in with you Mm. so it, it just so kind of worked out um just to kind of go back a little bit, if you don't mind. You go wherever I'm, you want, boss. I'm a, I'm a big movie fan myself, and I've actually just recently um, bought myself... Uh, my local cinema does one of these parties. You can go and see as many films as you want. Oh, yeah. Okay. So I've done that. Um, so I'm seeing quite a lot of films recently, but I was just curious what you actually took the kids to see on Saturday. Oh, man. We went and saw the Smurfs. Oh, so now I wish I didn't ask. <laughs> we went and saw the Smurfs, <laughs> and I, 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 the Smurf franchise really angers me. What What is it? Because they made a couple of really good live-action Smurf films where the Smurfs w- rocked up in New York, and, and it was silly, and they were quite good fun. But now they've gone back to an animation, and um, look at me actually critiquing the Smurf genre. Um, and I, I just, I, I thought it was quite lame. And uh, the kids enjoyed it, and, you know, but I thought it was quite lame. But, the, but, 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 they'd seen everything and power rangers i was going to take them to see power rangers but i i looked it up online and it was a bit it's a bit grown up for them it's got i think it's got a bit of bad language in and and it's it was kind of not recommended for seven and five year olds so that was all that was left yeah yeah no it's a, it's a 12 because uh, i was going to go and, i didn't want to go and see that the other day and i did i haven't actually seen it so i can't review the power rangers for you but a friend of mine will not go to cinema alone for some reason, like he, his idea of going to see a film by himself oh. just kind of baffles him. Oh so no, that's the that's the best that. time going to see an, a, a, exactly. a two o'clock screening of something in the afternoon. Oh, and uh, the, the, how many times has this happened for you, Bruce? Well, you've had the cinema to yourself, nobody else in it. Well, I've only had my pass for about a month, yeah. and I've um, I've had a few days off uh, from work during that time, so I've now to go to odds uh, showing. Yeah. The lowest attendance so far was I saw Kong, and that had about three people in about half past twelve. Oh, I, I've, I think I've had it three times in my entire life where I've been the only person in the cinema, and it's such a thrill. But here's the thing: I still sit in the seat that I've got booked, even though I could sit anywhere. I still sit in the seat that I've got. Um, yeah. How was um, How was Kong? Any good? I, I'm a big fan of King Kong. One of my earliest memories was, unfortunately, seeing King Kong Lives. I don't know which one that King was. Lives. I don't remember that one. King Kong Lives um, starred Linda Hamilton yeah. when she was a, still a bit of a star. Yeah. And it was a sequel to the 75, 76 Kong. Yeah. That they did, yeah. Um, where what happened was King Kong obviously Lived. fell off the World Trade Center, 
didn't roll. He he was in critical condition, <laughs> and they <laughs> manufactured a heart form. Ah, he's a bionic King Kong. <laughs> no, no, well, no, no, only the bionic heart. <laughs> Mate, it I've was, got to dig I mean, this out. Oh, it is it is absolutely terrible. It, but yeah. for five year old me, yeah, that's last obsession with King Kong. So wow. I always I went back that's and watched funny. the original King Kong. Yeah, in fact, I've never seen the seventies one. I've only ever seen the thirty three. I mean, I've seen King the thirty three one. I enjoyed. I remember seeing. I used to love it when I was a kid, and we first got a video recorder. They they were showing all these old Universal and RKO pictures. You know, the Frankenstein's and the Wolfman and all of that. Mm. And I would just take them and what you know, watch them as a ten, eleven year old kid and love them yeah well i mean when i start so that king kong was you know love for me was like late 80s or so and not long after that i then discovered channel 4 was showing um these late night japanese films oh yeah 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 they're great I, must have been a friday or saturday thing and it was all like the godzilla film yeah it all says you know godzilla versus king kong was like, oh and so like you i would like get my parents to record those for me so i could watch those yeah. at a social hour um but anyway, digress. So, yeah, Kong Skull Island, yeah, really good. If you like giant monkeys beating things up... <laughs> I don't mind like, that. I don't yeah. mind that. I can dig that. Bruce, listen, I've got to do a quick break. Um, uh, imagine that we are at a bar. Uh, I'm off for a wee. This is my way of getting out of paying for the drinks. You get this round in, Bruce, and I'll be back in a couple of minutes. Is that all right? Sounds perfect. Nice one, man. Thank you very much indeed. Late Nights with Ian Lee on Talk Radio. <laughs> The radio show for people who know the best part of the day is the night. Late night, Ian Lee on Talk Radio. We have ways of making you talk. Evening, dear listener. Don't phone in. Uh, we're doing things a little bit differently this evening, and so far it's been an absolute joy. One caller per hour. We had Reese in the first hour. He's gone now, and uh, Bruce has come and joined us. Uh, evening, Bruce. Thank you, Ian. And I got your gin and tonic. Okay. So I didn't actually ask what you wanted. So well, I don't drink, so I will. Uh, but I will be too polite to say that to your face. So what I will do is, when you're not looking, I'll pour it into the uh, spider plant on the bar and uh, say, "Hmm, that was nice, but that's enough for me." Um, <laughs> what, Bruce, why did you get this? Why did you get this um, pass? Because I've, I've 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 seen these passes advertised. The cinema that I took the boys to, um, it was seventeen ninety nine a month, and you can see as many movies as you want. Restrictions apply. Um, uh, well, why? Why do? And I've got my reasons of why it would be a good idea for me. But why did you decide to do it? Thank you. Yes, good. Good question. So, um, I the main reason for doing it was I was offered a discount at the time of buying it. Lovely. Um, when I was looking into it, which was same to my work, we're doing a promotion at the time, so it's actually ends up about twelve pound a month. Oh, there you go. Even better. Yeah. Um, but for me. Well, one, going back to what we kind of said earlier, I don't mind going to the cinema alone, yeah. as you don't. So I think the thing is, if you if you don't mind not taking your kids or your partner, then, you know, if you're a loose end one, right, it's just a case of, right, what's on at the cinema, I'll have a look. Yeah. But I looked at what was coming out in the next few months, and there were so many films that I thought, oh, I kind of want to see that. But when you're paying £12 a time or £10 yeah, yeah. a time to go oh, it's see, expensive, it, it up. So that's that's it. I mean, the other day I took my um, my young daughter to see Boss Baby because. Oh, uh, well, had, now uh, um, I, the the boys. I, I was so looking forward to this, and my kids have gone and seen it already with with um, their mum. I, and I was I was working, so I didn't get to see it. It looked brilliant. Oh, uh, it's it's good. I mean, for a kids' film, 
Um, sounds much better than Smurfs. Yeah. A little bit highbrow, I'd say. Like yeah. The actual storyline's a bit highbrow, but, um, yeah, I mean, my, my daughter loved it. There's, there's enough childish humour in there to entertain her, and yet enough kind of adult references yeah. to kind of keep you entertained as well. Um, so, yeah, so for things like that, it's, it's, it's brilliant. But um, you can also use it with um, your uh, two-for-one on a Tuesday and Wednesday. So for me to take my daughter to go and see the boss, maybe it cost me 70p to book the ticket for. Because I took the boys to see the Smurfs and the tickets all in all came to around about 30 quid. And then you get popcorn and sweets and that's 15 quid. And it's like, it's 50 quid to sit, go and see bloody Smurfs. I tell you the two, I, and I love kids' films at the moment. And people talk, well, kids' TV and kids' films aren't what they used to be. No, they're much, much better. You know, significantly yeah. better. Because um, in, the, in the 70s and 80s, kids' films were, were, were just cheap rubbish with a few exceptions. Um, but so I'm, I'm loving all the films, but like, I, two films I took them to, one of which they enjoyed, one of which I don't think they enjoyed, and I don't think they were kids' films. One of them was the Batman Lego movie. Definitely not. Definitely not a kids' film. It's not a kids' film. They love it because no. it's Lego, and it's Lego blowing up, but the story was, like, way over their heads. All the reference... I mean, I took... Um, we, we all went a family trip to see that, because me and the wife wanted to see it. So we dragged the kids along. And my daughter liked it. My, my son's really—he's too young. He's a bit behind on development, so he'll watch something, but you can't talk to him about it afterwards. Right, yeah, um, we think it might be a bit of autism or something, but that's a, a byproduct. Anyway, but my daughter liked it for what it was, but she didn't get what the film was about. Really, it was just yeah. you know, funny things happening, a few explosions, and some funny but noises. It's packed but... full of gags for for the adults. I mean, it's all it's all for the for the adults. And the other film I saw, and this definitely wasn't a kids' film, and I, and I thought it was stunning, and I thought it was beautiful, but I was annoyed it was being sold as a kids' film, was Inside Out. Did you see that? Yeah, and again, my daughter loved that one, but she doesn't, you know, at four years old, she can't comprehend what the film's really about. It's, um, it's an LSD psychoanalyst's um love film that's what it is it's 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 all about the id and the ego and the super ego and um uh, you know a physical uh, uh, manifestation of those things and you know you i could see i felt quite angry actually because my kids they they liked it and i said i said afterwards why did you like it and they said oh because it, it, of the pretty colors and it was really colorful yeah. but i could see their blank expressions as it was happening they didn't have a clue what was going on but then the thing is, I mean, because, and I think I've mentioned this before, I, my hobby, my the thing that kind of keeps me sane outside of work, um, <laughs> not with the family, is doing a podcast about Disney. Yeah. So quite often we're talking about films and stuff like that. And if you look at really the, the Pixar films and the last couple of years, maybe some of the Disney films, but they're, they're cross-generational. Yeah. Now, um, you must have seen Up. Yep, yep, yep. Okay. So, you know, that to me, I mean, I remember seeing that at the cinema when it first came out, and um, both me and my wife got quite emotional in the first 10 minutes when yeah. we were talking about the relationship. Yeah, and, yeah. You know, she, you know, can't have children, and, you know, eventually she dies, and all this kind of stuff. Now, my, again, my daughter loves up, but that stuff doesn't mean anything to her. No. She can't, that, that first, you know, Here's the first ten what? minutes is is and, and I had a ma- I didn't I only watched that recently and I had a mate who I remember him saying at the time the first ten minutes will have you in pieces and it does but it's it's the, the kid an eight year old kid isn't going to understand that no but, and and so that's 
it, that's the thing that they've really been trying to, I think, do the last few years is try and make these films for um, for a wider audience. I would rather they made films for kids. Uh, you know, I, I remember the boys went to see the Postman Pat film, right? Mm. It had killer robots that were trying to take over the world, and it had a Simon Cowell character in it. And I'm thinking, what, what, why can't they just make a nice film for kids? Why have they got to have killer robots trying to take over the world? Why have they got a reference Pop Idol and Simon Cowbell, as he was called? What, why, why can't they just make a nice film for kids? And of course, Ronan Keaton singing. Oh, oh flipping! Well. I mean, I, I kind of felt the same way. Did you see Paddington? Um, yes. Now, I really liked that, but the main story of that, or, or the, the kind of main villain in that, was trying to get Paddington to stuff him. Yeah, well, I, I, no, I see, I thought that was more of a kid's film, and I quite enjoyed that, because that was quite, well, that was quite rolled dull in its, um, you know, in its evil. Mm. I like that I stuff, Paddington. I think there's a second one coming out either this year or, or next year. I was, yeah, I was impressed with Paddington. Can I make, now listen, but, Bruce, the, the, the rule is I can't cut you off until the top of the hour. You can put the phone down anytime you want. So, you know, if you do, that's, that's fine. But, um, you know, the, another rule that I've just made up is I can kind of ask you anything and you can ask me anything as well. You know, it, go, it goes both ways. But if I do ask anything that you don't want to talk about, that's absolutely fine, and we will cough, and we will talk about films again, and then we'll go somewhere else. But, 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 something you, you, you mentioned about five minutes ago, and you, you kind of just mentioned it, and then we, we went away from it. You mentioned that you're, you think your youngest son might be autistic. Mm-hmm. Um, what does that make you... How old is, you, how old is your son? Uh, so he is two and about five months. What, what... What behaviour have you noticed that, ma- that makes you think, well, something maybe may not be quite right? Well, I mean, it, it, it's very hard because when you've got, and if, you know, you, you yourself have got multiple children, it, it's very easy to look at, you know, your eldest child compared to your youngest child. Oh, of course. Think about what they're doing at that age and everything like that. And um, my son started walking about a similar age to my daughter. And kids, you know, they always say boys are normally a little bit less uh, advanced than, than girls are. They tend to develop a bit quicker when they're younger. Yeah. Um, but both both him and actually my daughter um, were quite late talkers. Mm. Um, but he's still, at, at, at this age, he's still not really saying anything. So he speaks his own language, mm. but he won't say mum, dad, um, cat, dog. You know, he won't, won't say mm. simple words. Um he wouldn't even really gesture you to do things. He starts to do that, and I think that's because he is now um, seeing people that are, uh, are are helping him. At the age of, I think I think below the age of three, they won't actually diagnose it as anything, right? Which is why we have we, we're kind of assuming that's what it could be. Yeah. Um, but it's the things <clears throat> that he does. So um, about when he was about one, one and a half maybe, he started bouncing. Mm. Now, what I mean by that is he'll stand on the sofa and he will, when he gets very excited, he'll just bounce up and down. Right. And at first it was very cute, and it's still very cute now, but that seems to be how he expressed himself when he likes something or when he's excited about something. And he also flaps his arms. When he gets really excited, he flaps his arms incredibly fast. Mm. Um, and he, he laughs and smiles, but... He, he he finds it hard, I think, to show affection as well. So 
to me, um, until actually the last few days, when for some reason he started to kind of warm to me after all this time, but um, he will constantly cling on to his mum mm. or his grandmother. But, to but me, not you? Not at all. <clears throat> and... Um, God, this is going to go a bit personal. So when I had my, when we had our first child, which is my daughter, um, I had a, a massive family row when she was first born with my parents. And because of that, I didn't, I, I suppose I felt I was, I resented her because she'd been the conflict that caused this issue between my parents. Mm-hmm. But what it meant was that I didn't bond with her when I should have done. And well, you say when you should have done, but yeah, I know what you mean by that. I know what you mean well, by that. Well, I mean, that. the thing is, like, I didn't want to, I didn't really want to feed her, I didn't really want to yeah. hold her. Like, if my wife said, oh, you know, go and, go and hold her, I'd be like, oh, no, you know, you can hold her some more. I would find reasons to not bond with her. It took me a long time. I mean, I, I've never talked to my parents since. That's Gosh. almost four years ago now. Um, but I, over time, I realised what I was doing and, and that I wasn't being fair and that she wasn't bonding with me and I it was all down to me, it wasn't down to her, it's because I of what I'd done. And so I, I, that that relationship was fixed luckily. You know, it didn't take too long to resolve that. I bet it's more I bet it's more common well. than you think as well. I bet it's more common than you think. It, it could well be. And to be honest, like um I think I think I hit a little bit of a depression when around that time so i had the thing with the family and then this new thing comes into your life and your whole world changes and i really always wanted to be a parent but when it hits you it mm. prepares you for it doesn't let it? me share my, my I, I resented my eldest for for a while uh, not to the d- degree that it would appear that you did um b- because suddenly i wasn't the most important thing in my wife's life anymore you know, the, the, mm. you, you know, we, the, we, the, up until that point, it had been us, and then this is this other person, and um, suddenly I'm not the most important thing in her life. Now, on a rational level, I got it. It's a baby, you know, and that's the most important thing, of course. But on, um, y- you know, on a, a, a level that, that doesn't think, I can't think of the word now, but, you know, on a subconscious level, um, it hurt, you know, and I resented him as a result of that and i think that the the resentment of to some degree or another of of particularly the first child i think it's quite common with dads wow i think so yeah well it's interesting that we've both kind of gone through a similar uh similar uh, experience with our our first children yeah um but so what i then made sure is when we were having our second child is that i kind of learned the mistakes i made the first time yeah and I didn't have that trouble in my life anymore. I felt a better person because of it. Um, and so was more prepared when we had our son. And so I tried to do all the things I didn't do the first time. So I, you know, really tried to bond with him, did all the things that I should have done the first time around. And yet it's only been, and it's only just starting to develop now that he will come to me for things. Now, my wife goes to work. Uh, of a weekend so i'm with the kids all day on the saturday so on those days he has no option but to come to me mm. but yesterday was the first time when it was just you know my wife and kids here and he would come to me rather than her how so did that feel how did that years. feel when he when he when he did it though amazing yeah I thought, I thought, and I, I, when um when we put him to bed i said I, I like to just point out to wife just I said like about how much you actually paid attention to 
him doing that. I said, but to me, it felt like a big thing. Mm. But at the same time, I didn't want to get too excited because I don't know if that's going to carry on. And today, he was he was still kind of coming to me more than he would do normally, but still would go to her more, yeah. which is fine. Um, and so the thing is, I mean, when you think that there's something wrong with your child, you obviously then try and understand what you know why that's happened, if it's something you've done. Now, my wife has been brilliant. Um, she's looked after them. She does everything she can do with them. She's very creative. She likes to make sure that um, they've always got something to do. They're not just sat in front of the telly yeah. all day. She's very hands-on in that way. So she feels terrible that she's done something wrong. And I know it's not that at all, but it's very hard when you feel that you're doing all the yeah. same things and it's not it's not <clears throat> working out. Um, and so, yeah, it's, it's, you know, we don't know that that is the situation that he's in, but we just know that he has got needs that are doing. Does, um, does your, when, when he, he talks, in inverted commas, um, does your daughter understand him? No, no. She's, uh, I mean, she, she now is, is very good at talking. Um, doesn't stop, actually. One of those children that when she finds a voice, that's it kind of thing. Uh, She's, she's great. I mean, she, she comes out with some cracking things. But I think she's now started to realise that she will try and do things. So if you try and play with him, um, he'll do it if he wants to do it. But if he doesn't, he'll just ignore you. Yeah. Or he'll just get frustrated. But, but and I think she started to realise that now as well. Two and a half is still a baby, isn't it? It really. And I, I, you know, I mean, mine are seven and five now, but um, two and, I look at the quantum. I mean, it's very, I'm not saying this is what happens to your boy, I'm speaking generally. It's very common for mm. the second child to be slower at everything in terms of um, speaking and in terms of walking because the older child quite often says, oh, well, this is what they want, this is what they mean, this is what they want. You want the ball, I'll get the ball for you. So quite often the, the, the younger child is able to sort of sit there and not really say anything, and the older child will parent it to a certain extent and, and you know, bridge the gap between the baby and the thing. I'm not saying that's what's happening with your boy. I'm just kind of, you know, that that was certainly the case with my boys, and my youngest <laughs> will not stop talking now. Um, but he was, he was um, quite late speaking. Isn't it funny? Because at the time... All these dates and the firsts seem so important, and now I can't remember. But I do remember that the second one was 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 a lot slower when it came to mm. the talking. But again, that's not to you know demean what's happening with your son, or you know to say, you know, I'm not making a diagnosis of your boy. That's something that will come in time. Yeah, and that's it. I think the thing is, like you're right. At this age, it's very hard to. I mean, they, you know, people that have evaluated obviously think um, there, there may be something there. Because if they didn't, they wouldn't be doing the things that they're doing with him. But it could well be that he's just really lazy. Yeah, and, man, uh, you know. You know, one day he'll just he'll just wake up and the, and the switch will be, uh, you know, flipped and he'll be the same as my daughter. Uh, she really developed when she started to go into play school. We tried to get him to go to play school last year. Mm. And he stopped the whole time for... For four and a half hours he was there. Mm. If he wasn't sobbing, he fell asleep. And when he woke up, he was sobbing, sobbing again. Yeah. Um, I, we did that for, my wife did that for a few days, and in the end, 
decided he just wasn't going to be working out because she was essentially paying him to go somewhere where he was just going to cry and during the whole time, so it just wasn't worth it. But we're going to, he's going back um, next week, I think, just after Easter. So we're going to try and do that with him again. Now he's a few months older um, and see how he goes then. We did when the, uh, the thing. Did that, she developed. Yeah, the thing, my eldest, uh, he was, when we took him to nursery, the youngest didn't go for some reason, but the eldest, um, and the first two weeks were a nightmare, and we had to stay there, and we had to stay there around the corner, and we'd drop him off, and he'd cry, and we'd, we'd you know, sit for it as long as the, the, the staff could take it, and they'd say, could you just come in and see him, and, and so we'd do that, and it did, and he was um, very nervous and very shy. But now, it's just suddenly, he's developed this inner confidence. And for the first time the other day, we're in a restaurant. And normally, when, you know, if it's me and the two boys, if one wants to go to the toilet, everyone goes to the toilet, okay? And uh, the youngest wanted to go to the loo. And I said, right, come on, everybody. And my eldest said, oh, no, I'll wait here. What? He said, yeah, no, I'll wait here. I said, said you're going to be okay sat here on your own? He went, yeah, 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 I'll be fine. I said, really and we went and i came back and he was sat there on his own and he likes going off and doing these little missions on his own now and going off and paying for stuff bruce i have to take another break when we come back i've got there's a question i really i really want to ask you but i've got a feeling you might tell me to jog on but would you mind if i asked it when we came back absolutely all right we'll come back after this Unmissable late night radio with the original king of unconventional conversation. Make contact with Ian Lee. Late night, Ian Lee on Talk Radio. We'll get you talking. Bruce, I'm just going to ask the question and you can tell me to jog on. What happened with your parents? Oh yeah, that's that's absolutely fine. I was going to ask me if my name was actually Bruce. No, no, no. Why did you Why did you fall out with your parents? Um, very long time coming, I think is the easiest way of saying it, but I had a very weird relationship with my parents. So when I was obviously growing up, I think my dad was, I think it was down to how they were both brought up, if I'm honest. Yeah. But that could just be given an excuse, I don't know. Um, but they were very old-fashioned in the way they did things. And my dad in particular would be one of these people that would do everything for other people. So... If somebody had a problem with their guttering, he'd be like, oh, it's okay, I'll come around the weekend. Right. Now, my dad worked a full-time job. He wasn't a handyman, but that's what he would do. So yeah. the weekends, <clears throat> I wouldn't see him. Or if I did see him, it would be to do things around the house. So he would never get anyone in to do building work, anything like that. He'd all be done himself. Yeah. Um, what that did to me was it meant that, you know, if I wanted to go to the park, if I wanted to go and ride a bike or learn to ride a bike, um, you know, the first person I would ask would be my dad. Mm. And there would always be excuses for not why uh, he could do that. Um, so I, I think over time I just kind of resented things. But as I got older, we just, w- we were different people, completely different people. Like, I did not see the world in the same way that they saw the world. And as I kind of got older and got a bit of confidence in myself, I wanted to do different things. Mm. I was never unruly. I never, uh, I never did drugs. Um, I never went out drinking um, and staying out all night without letting anyone know where I was. I was always quite, um, I thought, good in that respect. But they always kind of made me feel, I suppose, a bit, a bit uh, belittling to me, actually, how they made me feel. Now, I've got a brother as well. My brother's five years younger. And we are 
completely different people. He's uh, a genius, but he's got no common sense. I've got common sense. I'm not hmm. much of a genius. Yeah. Um, and there was a five-year gap. So there were times when, you know, I was, you know, when I was 15, he was 10. I wanted to start going out and doing things with friends. He wanted to sit at home. And, you know, as we got older, that kind of uh, relationship drifted apart a bit as well. But one of the key things in this story is that we... Oh, sorry, I, I knew myself that I was getting told things about my brother that was then making me resent him in, think, in how he was behaving to my parents. Right. So my brother went off to university. Uh, this was a good one. He didn't speak to them or he didn't return the calls for a while. And so they got me to contact him on their behalf. Oh, blimey. And what they did, of course, was that then got him to resent me because... Yeah. He basically, he was sick of them and he wanted his space yeah. and felt that they were smothering him, even though he was down in Bristol and we lived near London. Yeah. Um, and so that further put a wedge between us. Now, fast forward a few years to whereabouts this argument happened. My brother's getting married. We get. I used to speak to my parents every day, especially my dad. And every day it'd be, oh, you'll never guess what your brother's done or you'll never guess what your sister-in-law's done. And it'd be all these things that would just make me feel anger towards them. Um, so so, so, so your brother or your, your parents were telling you your brother or your future sister-in-law or, or sister-in-law were, were um, doing stupid stuff and th- th- what, that got you angry that they were being stupid and selfish? Uh, 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 upsetting my parents. Right, yeah. Now, for whatever reason, I always did this thing that although I kind of resented them, I always defended them as well. I had that kind of protective element. So mm. if I'm hearing that my brother's upsetting them or my sister-in-law's upsetting them, I'm defending them. And I'm like, well, this, you know, I don't really want to get involved, but, you know, I can't believe he's doing this. I don't want to get involved, but here's my, here's my view on it, yes. I, uh... but, but, but the thing is, I wouldn't talk to him about it. That's the thing. Yeah. So all this stuff would kind of be building up. So fast forward to the day my daughter's born. Um, we didn't know she was being born that day. We knew that we was going to be taken in to be induced that day. And my parents were halfway up the country visiting friends. Um, she was born in emergency C-section. Everything was luckily fine in the end. Um, and I was really excited for my parents to come back and meet our daughter when we got out of hospital. Um, two days later, we get out of hospital. Um, my mother-in-law, my sister-in-law, who I, uh, I, I really get on well with my mother-in-law, uh, unusually, um, that they had uh, driven us home because my wife obviously couldn't drive and I didn't drive. Um, and we had a dog. And obviously he knew that something was ca- was happening oh, but didn't boy. know what exactly. So when we come back, he's obviously <laughs> me, yeah. very excited, wants to know what's going on. So my mother-in-law and sister-in-law were literally <clears throat> there to help us get the house ready, calm yeah. the dog down. My parents drove up, saw my sister-in-law's car, turned around and went home. Wow. Gosh, now, that's a statement, up. isn't it? Yeah. Now, I phoned up to wonder where they are, because I was expecting them. And my mum said to me, well, we've gone home. I said, well, what do you mean you've gone home? Wow. Well, your mother, like Shelley's there, that's my mother-in-law. Um, we're not seeing the baby when she's there. And I was like, what, what do you mean? She's like, I don't want to there spoiling it for me, telling me what's happened. I want to hear it from you, so we're going home. <clears throat> and I was in floods of tears. Yeah, because I couldn't work out why they wouldn't want to meet their granddaughter. Now, that's that's an that's uh, uh, I'm struggling to understand that attitude. That's yeah. incredible. Now my I, now my mother-in-law, and I said like she's a really nice person. So I, again, it's not like there was any kind of hatred that I knew there. Um, 
she got on the phone and said, look, please, we'll go home. Just come and see the baby. No, it's been spoiled now. We don't want to come. We'll come back tomorrow. So um, we had lots of rowing over the phone that evening. Um, they came round the next day. We tried to just put bygones be bygones. But um, we just couldn't let it go. Um, and we was kind of stewing for a few weeks. Uh, my birthday happened. My brother got married. We were there for that. My mum then started telling people that, uh, my wife was crazy because she wouldn't let anyone hold the baby at the wedding. She was six weeks old, which um, actually wasn't true because my aunts and uncles and they all had time with the baby. And even if baby. even if it were true, it, it, it's completely understandable that a new mum or new parents don't want anyone to hold. That's that's uh, understandable and that's acceptable. Mm. If a new parent doesn't want to pass their baby around. That's fine. That's their decision. Yeah. That's not crazy. Wrong. She wasn't. She wasn't a hot potato. But <laughs> um, but anyway. And so um, they went away for a couple of weeks. I uh, we had another row. I spoke to my brother. Um, he come around with his sister in law. We then talked about things that we've heard. It then turned out that whilst my parents are bad mouthing my brother to me, they were bad mouthing me to my Here brother. We go, yeah. And you know, all of a sudden, it's like, well, hang on a second. So you, we don't get on that well because of this. And you don't like us because of that. And, of course, uh, we resolved that. So now me and my brother are extremely close. Um, wow. We got home. Uh, so my parents got back from the holiday. We were there. Sorry, I'm getting tongue-tied now. No, go on. This um, is, uh, this, I we can understand round, why. <laughs> we went round to see them um, without the baby. Uh, we just wanted to see them as adults and try and get all this sorted out. Um, a lot of stuff, a lot of years of anger came out from both sides. Yeah. Um, my... It, it, the, basically, the evening ended when my <laughs> my mum pulled out a uh, chicken fillet oh. from her bra oh. because she'd had a uh, an operation where she had to lose a, a breast. Yeah, hit my wife in the face with it. Wowzers! <clears throat> uh, so we said we're not having this anymore. That's it. We're done. Why did she and choose the chicken fillet? Was that? I mean, that's <laughs> that's an unusual choice of weapon. Was she what making a point was, about the operation, or...? Kind of. So what happened was, my wife got was, was really upset having the emergency C-section because right. she felt that she had kind of found our daughter. And my mother basically turned around to her and said, grow up, stop being stupid, it was only an operation. Right, right. Um, and wow. that, that's what kind of led to that. Oh, man. Um, my mum then turned around and said, you should be lucky I didn't have a knife in my hand. Jeez. So we left never to see them again. Um, I spoke to, I got a phone call and some letters around Christmas about trying to meet up with her to try and sort things out. I didn't want to, but I did. I met up with her in a pub. Yeah, well done. I spoke to my brother and said, do you know what this is about? And he said, no, I don't think she wants to resolve anything. I said, okay. And uh, what she just wanted to make sure was that I was going to pay her um, the money that we borrowed about three, four years oh, before we moved man. out. Now, yeah. at this point as well... I've been paying this back for years, never not paying it, direct debit, hadn't stopped it even when we stopped talking. So there was no reason for her to do that. She just wanted to make a point. So um, once I realised that's all she wanted out of me, I went home, got a loan, put myself in debt, which I didn't really want to do, but I did, just to pay them off and said, yeah. see you later. Uh, and that was it. And every now and again, I might get the odd snarky email from them. Um, but that, that's really it. But How long ago was that? How long ago was that last time you was, saw her? Uh, so that was Christmas 2013. 
Oh, man, alive. That's... And, I mean, it's got to the point where... So, the other thing as well is uh, what's kind of come out is there was a lot of members of my family, like my aunts and uncles, that I lost touch with. And the reason why was because they had also had similar rows, not including being hit in the face with chicken fillets, um, but with my mum. And there's this common denominator, whenever I talk to these people, that she would do these things. And I'd always heard her sto- side of the story. Yeah, of course. Never the whole picture. Yeah. So now I've done all this work, and luckily... I've now kind of rekindled a lot of those bridges with my family. So, well, that's good I, that you've you've, you've you've made peace with your brother and peace yep. with other bits of your family. Listen, I don't want to psychoanalyze your mum on the show in five minutes, but she said she doesn't sound well. That's not that's not well no. behaved. I mean, you know, mentally unwell behaviour. Yeah, she she is uh, crazy about being diagnosed crazy, and. Um, that's, that's probably the well, easiest way of putting it. I, d- I don't think they diagnose people. I'm going to mark you down as crazy, um, <laughs> but I get your point, yeah. Clinically insane. But, um, but yeah, and she has this habit of um, warping situations to uh, make her look better. <clears throat> um, what was interesting, though, when this all happened, is I turned around to anyone, any friends, any family, and said, look, this is a situation that's happened, this is our side of things you can hear their side of things if you want to talk to them we've got no problem with that at all because we're adults here we're not going to yeah. make people choose um she actually asked uh people not to speak to us ever again and some people did that and have never returned a call never returned an email or anything like that yeah. um most of the people that are quite open and open ones like are still talking to us so um yeah it's been a it's been a funny a funny few years, but I don't feel bad for it because in myself, I feel a much stronger person. I feel that I was, um, I wasn't true to myself and I definitely wasn't true to my wife in the things that I was doing because I was always thinking about my parents and how things would affect them. Mm. So, um, that, that was it. So yeah, I don't, I don't feel any hatred or resentment there. It's a shame it took as long as it did, but I, don't feel bad the situation happened. Bruce, we've got two minutes. I've got one more question for you. What, what's the next film you're going to go and see? <laughs> well, I saw Fast and Furious 8 the other day. I've never that seen a Fast and Furious film. I've never seen one. I, 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 I just, it's just them driving, the isn't it? Four. No. Oh. Don't watch the first four. Start oh. at five. That's when the rock comes in. Start that's when they get good. Fast and Furious 5. Okay. That's it. Fast 5 onwards. Um, if we've got two minutes, um, I'm sorry that I might have brought the tone down after the first excellent caller. No, no, mate. It was great, by no, the way. No one's um, brought the tone down at all. But if anyone does want to uh, hear me talk any more, yeah. I do have a Disney podcast called Diz After Dark. Hang on, say that, say that again. Uh, a Disney podcast yeah. which is called Diz After Dark. Diz After Dark. And it's an adult Disney oh. podcast. Uh-oh. So Uh-oh. we drink beer. We don't swear too often. But it's aimed more adults that are into Disney. And if, they, if people put in Diz After Dark in iTunes or where they normally get their podcasts, it'll pop up, will it? It will indeed. And some of the people I did a podcast with are listening at this moment, I know. Okay. So if I didn't mention no. that, then they well would kill me. Well done. So ne- but the next p- film you're going to go and see is Fast and Furious 8. No, no. Uh, the next film I'm going to go and see <laughs> is probably Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. Oh, look, in the last 20 seconds, you've said something controversial. I couldn't, get, I couldn't sit through the first one. I thought it was awful. Oh, Ian. I, honestly, I gave it half an hour. I thought, nah, life's too short for this. 
Bruce, <laughs> let's, we, let's not fall out. I've really enjoyed uh, your company for the last hour, mate. Thank you so much, Thank and it's you, good Ian. to hear your voice again. Thank you. Cheers, my dears. Ta-ta. Um, I enjoyed that. Where's that buzz? Is it me buzzing? Well, something's buzzing. We'll find out what's buzzing. Um, now will be a good time to call. Oh, three, I thought it was him that was buzzing. 0344 499 1000. We need one more caller for the last hour of the show. Late Nights with Ian Lee on Talk Radio. Talk Radio. I'm enjoying this a lot. One more uh, hour to go. One more caller to go. Um, 0344 499 1000 is the telephone number. You'll speak to Catherine and we might be speaking to you after the news. Late night, Ian Lee on Talk Radio. We have ways of making you talk. show it is time for you to stop your calling now Catherine we got someone we've got someone hang on I'm having a cough <clears throat> I'm having a cough don't worry it's brought a tear to my eye don't call don't call we've got someone we've got someone we've got someone Put your phone. But why the phone's gone bonkers now? Put your phones down, guys. Unless you're the person who's going to do this. <clears throat> well, I've thoroughly enjoyed myself this evening so far. I hope you have as well. Uh, we're trying something a bit different. Um, inspired in part by the beautiful anonymous podcast. And credit where it's due. Um, we're hoping to get Chris that does that podcast on this show when we're in New York. Um, and um, even if we don't, I thoroughly recommend it. Some people we have got lined up. Maeve Higgins, who does a brilliant podcast. Um, Keith and the Girl. I'm going to go on their podcast. I'm going to be on a New York podcast. I'm very excited. Very excited. And loads of other people. We'll talk about that a bit more tomorrow. Hey, got a great phone in for you tomorrow as well. Brilliant actors in rubbish films. Uh, yeah. Uh, mm. I watched Nine Lives at the weekend. Christopher Walken. Um, casts a spell on Kevin Spacey and turns him into a cat. I, 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 I'm just watching it thinking, guys, how much dollar did you get for this? I mean, Spacey doesn't make too many films these days. He's a wonderful actor, but wowzers. Anyway, that's for tomorrow. That's for tomorrow. Tonight, it's three hours. It's three calls. That's all we want. And um, we've got Sam. Evening, Sam. Hi. Sam, are you one of those people that, because now we've gone to midnight, now we're officially Tuesday, are you one of those people that would start saying good morning now, or would you still say good evening? Good evening. (laughs) I don't think it's a morning until you've had a sleep. Yeah, yeah, that's what I think. I'm up half the night, so to me it's still the night. Why are you up half the night? Um, well, I've got um, two daughters with disabilities, so they're usually up off and on. So I'm usually up with them. So, can I, are you on speakerphone or hands-free or something? No, oh. I'm not. Your, fa- your phone's rubbish. <laughs> You've got a rubbish phone then, Sam. Is uh, <laughs> Don't worry. <laughs> we, we, we will. I had to make... Um, 
I had to phone up a, um, a, a company today, and they had the worst phone line ever. It was all crackly, and I, I couldn't understand what the word was say, what the, what the guy was um, was saying. And I did the thing where I knocked the phone on the table, and it worked for a second, but then it went back to being all crackly. It was terrible. Do you want me to ring back off a different no, phone? No, 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 it's fine, it's fine. We'll, we'll be absolutely fine with this. If it gets a okay. bit foggy, I'll, we'll, we'll see, but I think it sounds fine. Um, so, hang on, so you've, you, say, you say you've got two daughters with disabilities. How old are your daughters? Um, they are five and 18 months. Five and 18 months. Um, well, I mean, wow, that, that, I mean, that is, uh, those are fun ages. <laughs> those are, <laughs> those are fun ages. Um, <laughs> I, 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 can I, what's, what, what disabilities do they have? Um, they've got autism. Okay. Um, so. And when did you realise that they were autistic? Um, when my eldest was 18 months, yeah. we just realised that she didn't meet any of her milestones and she was very much in a world of her own. Right. So we would lit- you could enter the room and she wouldn't even acknowledge anyone. It was very strange. Yeah. And then we obviously helped us to refer to her. And since then, she's started doing all the usual autistic things, repetitive things, all the sensory things. So she's in a special needs school. Right. So she's quite severe. Yeah. And then with my youngest, we started noticing from 12 months because we knew what to look for. And she didn't meet any of her milestones. She didn't sit up properly till she was about 16 months. Wow. She was just falling over. Yeah. So it was very, it's been very interesting, but hard. Yeah. How, um, because, you know, my boys are now healthy and well, but you you never know what's around the corner. But my youngest had um, uh, terrible problems with his his, um, kidney and his bladder. They were wired up wrong. So he got got, he got very, very ill. And oh, um, his, his his kidney and his bladder, and they had to do operations. And this was all at, I think, just under eighteen months, actually. Um, and you know, whenever they're in, ho- seeing them in hospital, and they had to have an operation, and it was all, you know, it was very, very worrying. And he's, they're fine and stuff. But um, it, it, I mean, kids of that age, anyway. I think under the age of five, are uh, uh, no, let me rephrase that. Kids are always going to be a massive worry to a parent. They're always a huge worry to a parent. Um, and I just wondered how it felt. Uh, 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 what, what question am I trying to ask? How does it feel? I guess is what I'm trying to ask. How does it feel as a mum? Uh, you know, um, with with two girls who uh, 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 have got autism. I think oh, it's, it's a bit of a mixed emotion for me because my. My past is quite complicated in regards to children. So, um... What does that mean? If you don't mind me asking. No, 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 that's fine. Um, my first daughter, um, was still born at full term. Oh, Sam. So, <laughs> yeah, it, it was six years ago. It's, it's been hard, but we've got through it. And we had our second daughter, my five-year-old, 11 months later, so... For me, it was just the fact that she was alive. I didn't care what was happening. I didn't care if she was autistic, if she was anything. Yeah, of course. That she was alive. Yeah. Um, but when I had my third daughter, I knew I might sound a bit selfish, but I wanted to do things with her that I couldn't do with my five-year-old. You know, things like going to ballet and yeah. taking her shopping and her talking to me and things like that. So I do feel a bit gutted about my youngest. I do. But... They are very, they're so funny. Mm. And they, to be honest with you, the, the progress that my five-year-old is making, 
I think that when they get older, I think they will lead quite normal lives. Yeah. So they'll be fine. What, um, uh, what, my boys are, are nuts and, and the stuff that, that, that they, uh, the, well, I should say the stuff that pours out of their mouth, but my youngest has got a real sense of physical comedy and he'll just he'll pull a silly face he'll pull um i haven't got any pictures of him from about four onwards where he's doing a sensible face every picture he's got he's got some bizarre expression what what do your girls do that that just gets you every single time um well my five-year-old has got quite limited speech right um but when she's doing something naughty Mm. and you go into the room and you say what are you doing She'll say, you know, bye-bye, mummy, bye-bye, never mind. <laughs> um, <laughs> it might not sound funny to everyone, but because she's got limited yeah. speech, when she says things like that, yeah. and she's got a new thing now, she keeps on saying, I don't want to be older. Oh. I don't know where she's found it from, but she keeps on saying, I don't want to be older, I don't want to be older. Wow. <laughs> she's just quite... Um, God, isn't that, isn't that prescient? Because most kids, they want to be older. I want to be older I so I can do this. I want to be older so I can drive. But um, she's she's right. She doesn't want to yeah. be older. It get, it's yeah. all downhill from five. I know. I, I wish I was young again. But, yeah, she doesn't want to be older. And I think, you know, some children, well, most children, they lose social graces. Mm. So with my son, who's my eldest child, he's nine, I'm constantly saying to him, oh, you shouldn't say things like that. You know, in the future, be a bit more sensitive. Mm. Or, it's how you bring the children up, I suppose. But with my five-year-old, she doesn't understand social graces or cues, so everything that comes from her is just straight. Yeah. She just doesn't get it, and I, she will in time, but she'll just she'll go to the front of cues, because to her, why should she wait? Oh, exactly. <laughs> She's just funny. Yes. They are. Um, uh, I, I, I'm. You know, having kids is it, it, it changes everything. Um, you mentioned your boy. Did you say he was nine? Nine. Yeah. And how how is he doing? Is he all right? Yeah, he's absolutely fine. He hasn't got he hasn't got autism then. So and how does he um, cope with his sisters? How does he get on with them? Oh well, it's been really difficult for him. I think because I had to come home from the hospital six years ago and explain to a four year old that his sister wasn't coming home with me. Oh man! So yeah, it was really tough. And then he had to watch me sort of going through the next pregnancy. I was really anxious, and you know, you did have to go through a lot. And I suppose with the two children, he did say to me the other day, oh, mum, I wish I had a normal sister, which I let him say because, mm-hmm. you know, he needs to get things out of his system. He's very good with them. He is. He's very kind with them. He helps them. But there are times when I look at him and I think, oh, I wish you could just be more of a child. Because mm-hmm. he's got to deal with it, some things, you know, if they're screaming or... They, you know, they both still, well, my eldest is still in nappies. I know my youngest would be anyway, but mm. my eldest is still in nappies. So when we're changing her and things, he's very sensitive and he's very, very good. But he's... It's um, yeah. a real honest um, thing to say. I wish my sister was normal. Now, you know, as we as adults would perhaps kind of flinch at that sort of language, but it, it's a, what an honest thing yeah. for him to say. And I guess in a way... It's a testament to you as a, as a parent that he can say that because kids quite often they suck all this stuff up and and they yeah. kind of hide it. So for him to be so honest with you is um um you're doing something right. Oh, thank you. That's really nice. 
anything you can. No, I, th- I, 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 I think so. You know, I, I, I'm always saying to my boys, you know, you can talk to me about anything, and I would prefer the truth. Right, and you know, for him to say that, that is, um, that's a really human thing. And I think quite often, you know, is that my mum's ill, you know, and I, I wish I had a normal mum. You, you know, I, yeah. I, I wish that because I don't have a mum, I have to look after my mum and. Um, mm-hmm. I get what he's saying, and I think you, you should be very proud that y- you've brought him up honestly, that he's, he can be honest enough yeah. to say that to you. Yeah, I do. I've always said, and I've said to my husband, that, you know, if he were to get into trouble when he gets to his teens, you know, there's lots of different things that can happen. There's drugs, there's, you know, lots of different things that can happen to any child. And I always say... I want him to be honest with me. Even you know, I don't want him to feel that he's in trouble. I prefer him to be open and honest with me. So we've been quite open and honest with him. Mm. So it's a mutual thing. And he is he's very open. He'll tell me how he feels, and he's 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 funny in his own way. But he's he's good. He is good. I'm very proud. Of so him. listen, I'm going to take a quick break. I am going to ask Catherine just to see if we can call you back again because I can hear what yes. you're saying, but it's just the last couple of minutes. It's gone a bit wobbly, and I just want to make okay. sure. Is that all right? Yeah, that's fine. So you, 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 you say that. Catherine's going to give you a call back and we'll sort that out. I keep going to give the phone number. Isn't that funny? It's because I've been trained to uh, give out the phone number. Do not phone up. <laughs> Do not phone up. I'm, I'm going to be talking to Sam for the rest of the, of, of the show. If she can stand it. Who knows? Um, Late Nights with Ian Lee on Talk Radio. Late Nights Ian Lee on Talk Radio. We have ways of making you talk. Um, I think we got Sam back. Are you there, Sam? Yeah, thank you. That's better. That's better. Um, I, I've got to ask a question. And again, there's a, the same rules apply. If I ask anything that's too personal, then um, then don't. Um, how do you tell a four-year-old that the, the, the baby he was expecting to come back isn't coming back? I mean, the, 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 I had a, a friend on the NCT class. We had a friend who um, uh, lost a baby stillbirth. And um, it was a real eye-opener for me, talking to her about it. She was very open about it. Um, yeah. Because um, I hadn't really thought about it before. And um, I, I realise I'm wading in with my big ten, size 10 hobnail boots on here. Um, and it's, it is, it is, it's losing a baby. It's, it's, it's a baby that has passed away. And um, I've just realised you probably won't want to talk about this. And I feel a little oh, bit clumsy. No, no. Are you I, sure? I, I feel a bit clumsy about the way I've just waded no, into that. No, no. People always feel like that. And okay. I'm very aware that it's a difficult thing to talk about. So it doesn't make me feel uncomfortable. Okay. I love talking about it. Because I suppose for me, if I didn't talk about it, it would be like Mila was forgotten. My little well, I was girl, about to know? say, what was her name? Mila. 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 M-I-L-A. I've not heard that name before. Where's that from? Um, oh, gosh. There's an actress, isn't there? Mila something. I've, I've never heard that name. That's a great name. It's pretty, isn't it? Yeah. We would say one night, and I liked Mia, but it was too common, so we said, oh, add some into it. So oh, are you saying, her. are you saying Mila with an M for mother, or Neela? Yes. M for mother. Oh, I miss it. Okay, Mila. Okay, no, all right. Okay, okay. okay. Well, uh, <laughs> yes, I've heard. Yes, okay. All right. Um, no, it's a good name. It's tough coming up with names for kids, isn't it? Oh, it's so difficult. It really is. So. Did you have the books? Yes, we had the book. Yeah, th- like a thousand and one baby name, girl names, yeah. and a thousand and one boy. <laughs> what is yeah. that about? But I just, I don't like names that are too common. I like them being unique and not ridiculous new- unique, not like no. Pocahontas and silly things like that. <laughs> <laughs> but, but names that there's not going to be loads of them. Yeah. Know? 
That's what I It's that thing of getting that balance of, you're right, you want a name that's going to be pretty individual, but um, that, but that's not, you know, going to sound stupid. And also yeah. you have to abbreviate it. What does it rhyme like? Yeah. What, what, what does it rhyme with? What does it, if you put it with your surname, what, and you have to... What uh, initials are you going to have? Yeah, you have to work out all of the, the, the insults that might come up and go, well, this is probably, a, you know, this is probably as good as it's going to get. Um, yeah. So how did you... Well, well, can I ask why... So it was was a stillbirth. Yes. Do you want me to explain what happened? Yeah, I would actually, yeah. Well, um, it was my second child, a little girl, and it was completely... A a completely, well, just brilliant pregnancy. There was nothing wrong. Um, We were monitored just the appropriate number of times. No concerns, nothing like that. Then one day, it was, I was approaching my due date, and one morning I actually dreamt that I was bleeding. And I woke up and I was. I, oh. I know that sounds mad. No, it doesn't at all. No, but that's I a, did. Yeah. And when I told the midwives that, they were like, oh my, go- oh my gosh, that's, you know, that is crazy. But it did happen. Mm. And they rushed me in, um, and they scanned, they couldn't find a heartbeat. They scanned my stomach, and they said that you know, she'd passed away. And basically, I had had a grade four placental abruption, so the placenta had come away from the womb too soon. So she was deprived of oxygen. There was nothing wrong with her at all. She was just deprived of oxygen. So then I had to, they had to induce labour. I had to give birth. You had to give birth, yeah. Um, Which was quite harrowing. I mean, my mum and my husband were with me. Um, and people were in and out. It was very quiet. Everyone was very respectful, and it was very quiet. And she was born, and she was just like a little doll. Oh, she was, Sam. She was stunning. Oh, so, dear. It, yeah, it, it was. And, and I suppose the difficulty with <clears throat> losing a child at full term is that you then go think of funeral preparations. and So it doesn't end there, you know. It, it's very, very difficult. But did you Did you hold her? Yes. Yeah. We, we kept her for about six hours. Oh, Sam. So she was absolutely stunning. I, I thought my world was over. I did. I honestly thought that everything in my life wouldn't matter ever again. So people who have lost children and maybe they don't go on to have other children, I can't imagine how they live their lives because my other daughters that came along, they really made me, well, they, they've just given me mm. purpose now. One of the lines, and I, 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 I don't think I've ever been guilty of saying this, but one of the lines that's often trotted out when it is a baby that has been lost during a pregnancy or a stillbirth is, well, you can always have another one. <laughs> and it was talking to this friend that we made in the NCT class. That I, I mean, I'd always realised it was a bit of a crass line, but it, it really hit home just how insensitive that is you know it would be like if one of my boys passed away now well you could always have another one that is your child that was she was your first daughter you know and um i think people struggle to understand that because you've not had them people struggle to understand that when when there is a preg you know when there is a pregnant person in the in the marriage that baby's in the house with you you know you're talking to it the dads are talking to it you know the the mums are talking it's there it's a baby 
and she was, you know, I gave birth to her naturally like I did with my other children. And, you know, she was part of us and she always will be. And I did get the insensitive comments, you know, three weeks later I had people saying to me, you feeling better now? Oh, <laughs> and I'd look at them and think, no, I'm not feeling better now. And I had people saying it was the same as a miscarriage, which, not that I'm putting down miscarriages no. because it's all horrendous, I, you know. But what I'm saying is, I suppose for me, you know, I was I was out there pregnant. She was she was six pound twelve and oh perfect. So you know, I did have the comments, but eleven months later, like I said, I had my my daughter Aviana, and I just oh, you can't imagine. My my husband actually screamed when she was born, like <laughs> a, a relief scream. Yeah, I bet. I bet because, it must have been a very tense pregnancy. Oh, it was horrendous. Everyone holding their breath. Oh, we were, and I would just constantly say to my mum, you know, oh, mum, I, I think she's 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 dead. Oh, I'd I actually I say bet. those words, you yeah. know, and my mum would say, stop it now, stop it, you know. So, yeah, it was. I remember I used to wake myself up every hour to go, and I would literally make sure that I wasn't losing. I would give her a little nudge, God love her. Yeah, wake and up, <laughs> wake up, come on. <laughs> I would, I would. Good. I would wake her up, and that would be like my checklist every hour throughout the night. I... I was on pins. So they induced me early because if it were to happen again, it would happen at the same time. Right. So by bringing her on early, I mean, the staff were just amazing. How much early? How, how, how much before the due date? Uh, she was born at 35 weeks. Okay. So they brought her on five weeks early. Right, wow. And um, she was fine. She didn't need to go to special care. She, she did have a funny little breathing episode for a few minutes, mm. and my heart stopped. Mm. But she was absolutely fine. We went back to the ward, and, and she was just, oh, my God, she was just my world. I can't even explain to you how amazing that feeling is mm. after the loss, you oh, know? Oh, yeah, yeah. So, for me, even though she has got autism, I think, for me, I just hold on to any... It, you know, it doesn't matter what we have to go through. My husband and I just, we live for our kids because of what... I know everyone does, but, you know, I think because of what we've been through... I don't know, it just gives you a different outlook. I, I think it does. So. Um, thank you for sharing that, Sam. That's, I mean, I think that's... Uh, you, uh, I'm amazed by everyone sharing such intimate stuff, and I think that, that that's, um, that's very kind of you to share, um, uh, to, to share all that stuff with us. I, re I really appreciate it. Um, I think, for me, I like to be able to share my story because there's a lot of people out there who have gone through the same thing mm. and they feel like they can't talk, they feel like, you know, there's a bit of taboo about it, you know, and people expect you to get over it very quickly mm. and maybe you're not, maybe, you, you know, lots of different reasons. And I think that if more people kind of said, I'm, I've been through it and even though I'll always hurt, I've found a way to live, I have. And, you know, it's just good for awareness. It, mm. it is good. Thank you for that. Um, so, you, you, you... Don't get much sleep because of the girls. <laughs> um, I, I, do you know, I mean, I, <laughs> I, don't, I think that's kind of normal for any parent, yeah, though, you know, whatever yeah. the situation. My boy, I, I get the fright of my life because I, I, I put the boys to bed the other night 
and I, I was, I was fast asleep, like the deepest sleep I'd had for ages. And suddenly I'm, I'm woken up and there's a face staring at me, and it's my youngest going, "Daddy, can I get in bed with you?" And I, I was so deeply asleep, I was going, "Who are you? Who, who are you?" And he, and he said his name. I said, "Which, which one are you?" And he, I think I scared him because I was going, "Which one are you?" And he just climbed in, and I, and, oh, it was. Awful. <laughs> and then he spends all night kicking me and farting in bed. It's awful. <laughs> I, but I love it because they're, they're in seven and five. They're gonna start getting to the age soon where they don't want to get in bed with dad. So I'm, I'm enjoying it while they're st- they're still doing it. But uh, uh, what 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 do you do? Do you work, Sam? Not at the minute. You're you're, uh, you're busy looking after the girls. Yeah, I did. I worked full time up until I lost uh, my daughter. Yeah. Um, and then all I could really think about was um, just having another one and staying well yeah. for the other one. You know. Oh, yeah. Um, and I think I've just I'm just really enjoying being with them, and I, I think because of the difficulties they're having with development, I can be with them bringing that, that development on. Yeah. Then you know. Oh, so, yeah. That's what I'm enjoying doing at the minute. I'll treasure it because they'll they'll be um, they'll be uh, twenty five and twenty before you know it. Oh, I know. I know. It's just it, honestly, it was you, as you know, with your boy. Yeah. How is he nine years old all of a sudden? Oh, I, ca- I, I can't get my head around it. Soon, <laughs> I'm going to have a ten year old in double figures. <laughs> I am dreading my boys being 15 and 13 and they are huge they're tall already they're the tallest in their classes by quite some way they're 15 they'll be taller than me they'll be bigger than me and i just oh god i I don't want teenagers in my house are you gonna have any more no 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 (laughs) that's it that's it. You do get people that that, that that have got two boys or they've got two girls and they keep trying until they get the other... Yeah. Uh, no, I'm, I'm, we are blessed. We've got two healthy children. Um, you know, I would have loved a girl. Of course I would. But, 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 no. I, I couldn't do it again. The, the, the whole baby thing, the, the ch- changing of the no, nappies and the sleep. I people who want a particular sex. I know when I was having my eldest... Mm. I wanted a girl. I, I won't lie. I think for a mum, sometimes, you know, some mums, they want that girl. Yeah. Oh, I wanted a girl. I really wanted a girl. I was convinced we were going to have a girl. Yeah, and... But if I'm honest, I'm closer to my boy than I think I ever would have been to a girl. Yeah. I'm very, very... Cl- you know, so I think it doesn't really matter that your children. I wouldn't care if I had three girls, three boys. But some people do care. And I, w- I worked with a guy once who, um, his first child was a daughter, and, um, the second child, they didn't find out what it was going to be. And when it came out, the nurse went, oh, congratulations, you've got another daughter. And he kissed the baby, and he kissed his wife, and said, I just need to go out and get some fresh air. And he went out and cried, because he wanted a son. He was so disappointed. Now, I'm sure he's a brilliant dad, and I'm sure they're having a wonderful, wonderful time. Um, but I just, you know, it's that cliche, isn't it? They come out, you count the fingers, you count the toes, that'll do me. Lovely. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, What did you what did you do when you worked? Um, well, I worked for the NHS, so I worked for GP after hours. Okay. Oh, okay. Oh, so what, did you have to get the, get the phone calls for when people phoned up? Yes, I did, yeah. I, I bet you was... had some right chances on, didn't you? Oh, yes, we got all sorts, and I, I also worked in the centre where people would come as well, so you'd get some quite, or you'd get lovely people who, you know, genuinely just needed help, but because we were right next door to A&E, we would see all sorts, you know, sad things, scary things. I've seen all sorts. <laughs> what do you mean by... And obviously you can't break any confidentiality. And what, what do you mean by scary things? What, like people off their face and stuff? Oh, 
yeah, people coming in, you know, fighting. Oh. Uh, we've had, I've had to call security. I don't know how many times I've had someone spit at me. Oh, no, really? Yeah, because their appointment was later, I think it was. I'm sure, yeah, I think the appointment was later than what they thought. They'd be waiting, I think, an extra half hour. Yeah. And they got so annoyed with me that, yeah, spat at me. We had to call security. Oh, God, that's horrible. Yeah, you do. You get some... I, I really have respect for people who work within the NHS because, you know, they've got so many, um, you know, financial constraints and time yeah. constraints, and, and they've really got to try and fight through that. Yeah. All my family are psychiatric nurses, so they all work, you know, within the NHS, and, and it's really hard. When you say... Do you, do you mean one of those um, uh, those walk-in centres? Because yes. I like those, because I, um, I mean, I'm lucky because I don't work proper hours, so I, I can get a doctor's appointment, but I, I, and I've never had to wait sort of more than three or four days for, for to, to see a GP at my surgery. But if it feels like it's a bit more important, I, I go to the walk-in centre, and um, you get seen within about two hours. I've, I've been seen in, within half an hour sometimes, yes. and I don't, I don't have a problem with that. At all, it's not your GP, and it's blah, 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 blah. But I've always been really happy with the service in there. You go in, you see the nurse, and you wait, and then you go and see the doctor, and they'll tell yeah. you what's wrong and maybe give you a prescription. Beautiful. Yeah, it's very straightforward and simple, and, yeah, it's lovely. And I think you, you do get lots of people who say, oh, that was so, thank you so much, you know, because they've got terrible infections yeah. or whatever, and they're just so grateful that they could get an antibiotic at 10 at night instead of waiting until the morning or you know so you do get lots of grateful people and some lovely people and some heartbreaking things really heartbreaking yeah. things you know but but yeah i enjoyed it it um it passed the time i, I my degree isn't anything to do with um, oh go on what's your degree is it I, I, let me guess it's going to be something like um ancient history or something law <laughs> oh there we go <laughs> well, how did you end up... From, so what was the plan, then, to be a, be a lawyer? Yes, that was my plan. So and, what what um, happened? Life. Life is what yeah. happened. Well, I was working in out-of-hours and completing my degree, so it was kind of like my part-time job at the time. Yeah. And then when I finished my degree, I worked for them full-time whilst I was waiting to see what I wanted to do, and <laughs> I started my Master's. And then I lost my daughter at the beginning of my Master's, so... Right. Everything kind of went out the window. Yeah, of course. I still carried on working full-time for a long time after. But that's, yeah, so I've got a degree sitting there not doing very much. <laughs> well, I always, the thing I always think with degrees is, part, part, of, part of it is the, the letters that you get and the certificate and, the, you know, the, the knowledge that you get. But a lot of degree, for me, is the experience of, of going... I, I'm assuming you went away from home, going away from home and uh, living with other people and interacting with other, other people and motivating yourself. Because a degree is completely different from school. And, and uh, in the school, you go and you sit in there at 9 o'clock in the morning and you finish at 3 o'clock in the afternoon. But degree, you've got to kind of motivate yourself to do oh, it. Oh, yes. You've got to want to do it. Yes, you do. And you, I pulled all-nighters <laughs> doing different assignments. Yeah. and. Yeah, because I think you want to sort of enjoy your life so much, and then you think, oh my gosh, I've got that assignment too, and then you're like, you know, drinking coffee <laughs> until like four in the morning <laughs> trying to get it done. <laughs> so yes, you do have to motivate yourself. Would you ever want to go back into law? Do you see that at some point in the life, in your yeah, life? Yeah, I would like to. I, I'd like to go back to uni. I, I would like to go and do my master's. That's something I would love to do. 
So I think when I get my, you know, my youngest in school and I know that they're doing okay, that they don't need quite so much input, yeah. I think I, I would like to do something for myself then. And, um, you know, I, I, I think it's important to show, show my children, you know, that I am motivated and that I'm doing different things. So, yeah, yeah that is something I'd like to do in the future. Um, what's, your, um, what's your boy has he got an interest in anything yet? Is he is he eyeing up any potential uh, careers? I tell you what, my eldest, I was, I, I was saying, to, I said to the boys yesterday, I, I love this question. What do you want to be when you grow up? Because it's wonderful. <laughs> and the youngest said, I want to be a painter. And I was like, okay, what do you want to paint? He said, houses. I said, do you want to paint pictures of houses or do you want to decorate houses? He went both. So he sorted. <laughs> and then the eldest said, I want to be um, a doctor. Now, my Ooh. eldest, he that we watched a film the other day where someone got an injection, and he started screaming and running around the room with his hands over his <laughs> eyes, going, "I can't look. Tell me when it's finished." <laughs> and I said, "You, you, you told me you want to be a doctor. You're going to see a lot worse than that." He said, "I want to be a doctor without injections and without any blood." <laughs> yeah, good luck with that, sunshine. <laughs> but I love it. It's it's, one, it's such a good question to ask kids. Um, but well, well, your, your nine year old has he kind of expressed oh, any well. interest yet? The answer that I get off him is, um, he wants to be a YouTuber. (laughs) (laughs) Wow, that's a career choice nowadays. Incredible. I know, know, and I keep on saying to him, right, well, I said, you know, what about money? He said, man, they make loads of money. I said, right, okay, and my brother is into YouTubing, and he said, you've got to be good to make the money. You know, obviously, you've got to get the followers, and... But that's what he's got in his head. He's very bright, but lazy. So. <laughs> oh, YouTube's perfect. You can just sit on your, de- sit at your desk and do Well, um, the, the, I get, I, and I, funny enough, because I had someone else the other day tell me that their 10-year-old wanted to be a YouTuber. Um, and it, it, I guess, to a certain extent, it's the same equivalent of, of you know, me being a kid saying, I want to be a famous actor or I want to be a rock star. It's, I guess, yeah. that's, you know, the rock star is, is no longer so important to eight, nine, ten-year-olds, but... YouTubing and and they see and of course they only see the ones that have got three million followers and fifteen million <laughs> hits and all of that stuff and they see the success. What does he want to do on YouTube? He wants to um, he wants to play video games and explain <laughs> how you play them and explain the cheats and things like that. I know. <laughs> I love it. I love your boy. I think your boy is clued up. And I tell you what, because I watch those videos. Uh, me and my children will sit, if we're playing Lego, you know, um, uh, the one where you've got the thing and you put the pieces on. Um, we, uh, um, they get stuck and I can't work out video games anymore. I've got no idea what's going on. So I could be watching your boy's video, Sam. Yeah, you could be in the future. Uh, <laughs> listen, I've got to take a quick break. Are you all right to stick around to the end of the show? Yeah, yeah. You sure? Beautiful. I'm enjoying this a lot, Sam. Thank you very much indeed. Late Nights with Ian Lee on Talk Radio. Late Nights, Ian Lee. On air and off the On Talk Radio. We have ways of making you talk. So, Sam, are the girls asleep now? Yes. Shouldn't you be as... Why why aren't you should be getting some sleep, shouldn't you? Oh, I think I've got into that pattern of being up in the night and but to be honest with you i don't need that much sleep i know that some people you know they crave it but i i don't i'm very sort of alert and i like being nosy and <laughs> seeing what's happening and yeah so and anyway i wanted to come on and talk to you so. well i'm glad you did i'm really enjoying this and i uh, you, you you know i'm enjoying is perhaps the wrong word but you know what i mean um, oh i know what you mean yeah. how did you um uh, how did you meet your husband 
Um, we both worked at the same shop. When I was doing my A-levels, yeah. um, I had a part-time job in Nike, and I met him there. He was one of the managers. Uh, oh, um, hang on, hang on. He was one of the managers and you were the Saturday girl? Yeah. Highly inappropriate, yeah. Sam. That, I know that is an abuse it, of power. I know it was, but, you know, 13 years on, we're still together and going strong. Hey, that's not bad, is it? No, no, we've, um, yeah, I think we've proved that we're, you know, together for good. Is there, I'm imagining then, and this might be wrong, that there's an age gap? Yes, there is. Go on. He's, uh, well, it's not too bad, he's six years older than me. Oh, that's six years is all right. Six years is, that's not like I'm the the judge of everything. Seven (laughs) years, no, 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 that's disgusting. (laughs) Six years, seven years, schoolgirl bride, but no, six years is, um, is good. Do you find, because I'm, I'm, um, I'm trying to think how much older I am than my wife. Maybe I'm, I think I'm five years. And even with five years, there are loads of things that I talk about, like TV programs and music and stuff, that she's never heard of. Yeah. Do you get that? Yeah, he does that. He'll say to me, don't you remember that character on this? And I look at him stupid and I say, sorry, babe, but I'm that much younger. (laughs) 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 But talking about age gap, I I love telling people this. Um, My stepfather, my stepfather, is younger than my husband. (laughs) So my mum married a man 17 years younger than her. <laughs> everybody's everybody is sat up in their seats and um, pulling a what the hell expression. Hang on a minute. So, um, why why can I ask why is your mum not with your dad? Um, I've never seen them together. I think they split when I was about eighteen months. Wow. Okay. Okay. My my father was a little bit of a ladies' man. Right. And yeah, mine too. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's tough when you're a kid, you know, because you don't understand why. But obviously my mum has told me years later that she wanted to be with someone who adored her, which is, yeah. you know, natural. Everyone deserves that. Yeah. So, yeah, I've never known them together, which is fine. But, um, yeah, she's mar- she married Nick two years ago and he idolises her. But my mum looks very young. <laughs> hang on, <laughs> hang on a minute. So you're saying she is old, but she looks young. Oh, 50, well, 52, I'm, I'm approaching 44 in a couple of months, and I'm going, yeah, 52's not that old, I'm thinking. Yeah. Well, she looks really young. I mean, you know, when she goes on holiday, she will show me up in her bikini. She is quite Oof. hot. So, but, so, hang on a minute, am I, am I uh, right, how old are you? Are you 30? 29. 29. 30. So she was, what, 22, 23 when she had you? Yes. That was, that, because my mum, the, uh, the thing I forget is my mum, I think was 19 when she had my sister and 22 when she had me that's really young i but was then, 19 having my first i was about to say i'm just doing the math with your boy you would have been around that age as well yeah i was yeah and to be honest with you it was i always wanted i always wanted a child i was one of these odd teenagers that dreamt of having a child <laughs> hang on a minute i've just done some more maths so you were you were 16 when you got together with your 22 yeah. year old <laughs> Yes, I, I know, I know, and he got a lot of sticks for that. Sam, I, well, I, you make your own jokes at home, but um, <laughs> <laughs> what did did um, what what did your mum say about that? Was she all right with that? Um, it, I think. But obviously, it's paid off, that. and it's worked. You're still with him, and, and it sounds like you've got a great relationship. But yeah, we, at, at we the time, have. and he's he's not one of these. He's not like a predator. You know, he's very sort of soft. And he's very kind. Oh, so. I bet he's lovely. I'm, I'm not. I'm not knocking him. But when? You, what did your? What age did you get engaged? Uh, Eighteen. Yeah. 
And I think for him, it was the boys in work that used to wind him up because they used to say, oh, I'm sorry, mate, this wrong. It's wrong. She's too young. <laughs> I'm sorry, mate, it's wrong. That's me doing a Welsh accent. <laughs> yeah. um, but your, but, but you, your mum was a little bit funny to start with until she realised that, you know, that, 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 that this was true love. Yes, she was a little bit sort of taken aback. And, and then I think she grew to love him and, and she knew that it was, you know, the real thing. And I think for her, the main... I think that the first time that she really thought this is forever was when she saw what we went through yeah. and she saw how amazing he was and she knew I was safe. So, yeah. Oh, good for know. her. Yeah. Um, so, Mum, 52. Yes. Nick is 35? Yes. Wowzers. What a... Yeah. Lot. Well, both of them were dirty, dirty dogs. <laughs> um, <laughs> that is... Um, that is... Um, that's remarkable. It is. How did she meet Nick? Um, in the gym. <laughs> <laughs> I love your mum. I love your mum. She oh, sounds she, brilliant. She is unique, my mum is. Oh, she sounds absolutely brilliant. She's so funny. She works for child and adolescent mental health team. Yeah. Um, so I think you've got to be a little bit mad. To yeah. Be with that. Um, I bet she chatted him up as well. Yeah, well, apparently they were looking at each other for years before, <laughs> <laughs> so I've been told now, oh. and then he came on to her and just said, you know, can I take you out, and yeah, they're married, and he idolises her, sometimes it makes me feel quite sick. Oh, that's not that lovely. <laughs> that is absolutely brilliant. Oh, good for them. Yeah, she hasn't had it easy with, um, you know, relationships, so it's nice to know that she is happy. But, and so yeah, how long have they been together, then? Seven years now. Well, good for them. Isn't that lovely? Yeah, and oh. you wouldn't... You know, if you met them for the first time, you wouldn't automatically say that there was an age gap. Yeah. She really is quite young for her age, you know, in how she looks and how she dresses. Mm. Did you have to... Uh, right, whereas, like, Mum was a bit funny with you and your fella when, when you first started, because of the 16 and the 22, were you a bit funny with her and Nick? Yes, I was. It, because... This is brilliant. <laughs> I just felt, I don't know, I, if I'm honest with you, I thought that he might have been after her money. And that was the first thing that went through my head, because he was so young, and, you know... Trust me, he was 29. It weren't her money he was after. I, I don't, you know, I don't want to put that image in your head, but... Yes, I know, and I, I know it might sound... Oh, I was wrong. Obviously, he's lovely. Yeah. No, but, but of course, you want you want the best for mum, and you, you're naturally suspicious. Yeah, so I did suspect, oh, you know, because she's got a lovely house, maybe... Oh, I, d I don't know, it was silly. Yeah. But I did feel a little bit uncomfortable. But honestly, as time's gone, like, one thing I do not like is when people call him my stepfather. <laughs> oh, why is that? Go on. Because he's only, what, like five years older than me? Because you called him stepdad, I think, didn't you? Yeah. When I talk about him, I say he's technically my stepfather, because they are married. And technical stepdad. <laughs> but when people call him that in every passing conversation, I say, whoa, please don't call him that. And I tell my children to call him Uncle Nick. Uncle Nick? <laughs> yeah, I think it's a well <laughs> they should call. They should call him Grandad. Listen, he's married into that position. He's Grandad. I know, I know, but <laughs> I think it's a bit of a Welsh thing that you call right. everyone auntie and uncle. Is right. you right. for that? That people do that? Uh, we do, I've got, uh, 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 um, well, Simon, who's my friend who sat with me in the studio, has been very quiet on his best behaviour all night. He's Uncle Simon to my kids, you know, so I think yeah. there's, there's a little bit of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, um, 
and what, what, what was the point? You mentioned the point when you think your mum realised that you were with the right person. What was the, when was the point where you you you, you realised that she'd made the right choice? Um, oh, that's a really good question. I don't think there was anything that poignant. I think it was just as time went on, I started realising that he was really good with her. And, and I think I've worried about my mum all my life. I've always worried about people treating her badly. And that's been a major anxiety for me. I bet, so yeah. As time went on, I started really respecting him because he was making my anxiety disappear so i thought oh my gosh for the mm. first time i feel so settled so i think it was just a gradual thing um is your dad still alive yes do you see him much no i don't um no that's a really really weird thing that happened with my dad i always always a daddy's girl always had contact with him um, when I was having my children, he was always in the waiting room, really good relationship. And then about 18 months ago, or a bit, little bit longer than that, about two years ago, he just stopped getting in touch. So I started messaging him and saying, what's up, Dad? Is everything okay? He would message me back one-worded answers. And he's met my youngest once. And that was Christmas, he met her once. And I don't, no one understands why we're all scratching our heads. So I don't know. Um... That's really sad, and we've only got two minutes. I, 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 I would um, let me put forward my cod psychology. I make up that in that position. Um, I, I, I don't know. I don't know your dad. I, I imagine that in in some ways, maybe he feels responsible that your two little girls, you know, uh, have got autism, or he doesn't know how to respond, or maybe, yeah. maybe, maybe it breaks his heart, and he just doesn't know what to say. It, I don't know because yeah. I don't. I don't know you, and I don't know your dad. But I, well, those are things that just popped into my head. We don't know either what's going on so your guess is as good as um what are you doing tomorrow tomorrow i've got this youth club thing in the morning it's a it's a youth club um where they do they've got a bouncy castle and things but they're trying to integrate children with autism so they've invited our group along oh fantastic lovely i think things Um, like that are really important Oh, it's so nice. Yeah. And then all week we've just got activities. We've got an Easter party on Wednesday. We've got oh, swimming. So lots of things. How are the girls doing with the swimming? Are the, it, it, how's the five-year-old? Is she doing well? Yeah, she's doing really well. She swims in school and she doggy paddles. Beautiful. <laughs> so she is. She's she's so happy. They all are. We're very lucky. They've got a very good school. And, you know, we've just been very, very lucky. Sam, I don't want to sound all cheesy, but I think we've been very lucky listening to you for the last hour. I really appreciate your call. Thank you very, very much. Thank you so much for having me. I really enjoyed it. Absolute pleasure. Try and get some sleep, and we'll speak again soon. Okay, thank you. Thank you, Sam. Bye-bye. There we go. Um, That was... uh, Well, I love that. I absolutely love that. There's that buzz. Is is it my computer that's buzzing? Yeah, it's because I shut that down. It's buzz. There we go. There we go, guys. We know that for the future. If I shut the computer, it makes a buzzy noise. Um, thank you to uh, we had Reese and um, uh, we had Bruce in the first couple of hours, and we had Sam uh, in the last hour. Uh, I'm genuinely blown away by all of that. It was a punt. Thank you, Catherine. Excellent, excellent choices. Um, uh, it was a punt. Didn't know if it would work. I had a feeling it would. I had a feeling it would. I didn't know it would work as well as that. Uh, I'm genuinely um, blown away by everyone who called in. And thank you to everyone who called in and didn't get on. Um, uh, but the, the honesty and the openness with which the three callers spoke about 
stuff that affects us all, man. And boy, oh boy, doesn't it turn out that, that <laughs> well, if, if we take the straw poll of um, three callers, two thirds um, indicated that uh, their parents had, you know, <laughs> messed them up a little bit. I don't know if that, if you can extrapolate that across the whole country. I suspect probably you could. Um, I really enjoyed that. Normal service will resume tomorrow. And I appreciate the fact that you allow us to, uh, uh, to, to try different things and to, to play with ideas. Uh, go and download the beautiful Anonymous podcast if you've enjoyed the last three hours. I, I kind of cribbed a little bit from there and it's it's an absolute cracker. Don't forget you can download this podcast. You can get it on iTunes or your usual podcast provider. We put out um, a best of and then if we have a guest, we'll put a guest out as a podcast as well. And, and, and while we're doing the uh, housekeeping, uh, Catherine and I present another podcast called The Rabbit Hole. Again, you can get it on iTunes, you can get it on Acast, you can get it from wherever you get your usual podcasts. We put a new one out of those every Thursday morning. About, it's about two o'clock in the morning. Um, so it'll go to your computers. Um, that's it, dear listener. That's your lot. Uh, Ed and Simon and Catherine, thank you very much. Back tonight at 10. Ta-ta. Talk radio. Dial up some dialogue. Talk radio. We'll get you talking.